you've hit that download button which means you've tuned into the right place we are here ready for another watch party it is kicking out at two i'm your host dave rosenbluth and we got an exciting show planned for you this week as uh we're going to be uh, presenting you guys with Vengeance 2004 uh, from the WWE special watch party um, in, in, in celebration of uh, a special occasion. As uh, you know, for some of you out there that are loyal listeners, you know that um, you know I'm from the Connecticut area, Hartford being my hometown, and uh, Hartford's going to be hosting WWE Money in the Bank. And uh, I'm going to be attending with uh, my brother Daryl and my good buddy Dennis J. Levy, who's going to be joining me this week as we're going to watch this pay-per-view event. The last time WWE held a pay-per-view in the Hartford Civic Center, which they now call the XL Center. Um, so it's been 15 years since WWE uh, brought a pay-per-view to Hartford. So I thought we would commemorate and celebrate by watching this event, the special watch party over on the WWE Network. Have your WWE Networks ready to go. Um, you know, search in the pay-per-view section, the WWE pay-per-view section, the year 2004, the date July 11th, 2004. Um, and while you guys are searching, let me introduce you to my co-pilot this week, uh, the, the the man who's uh, responsible for uh, making it happen when, when it comes to us going to Money in the Bank, Dennis Levy. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm stoked. I really am, man. That, 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 uh... Hey, look for us too, man. That, 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 I'm not saying we're 100% certain it would be on camera, but we got a purchase chance for sure. And yeah. we're, uh, that, 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 uh, so that being said, I'm like really, really, really stoked. And by the way, for the listening audience of Kicking Out of Two, I haven't been to a, a WWE pay per view since Survivor Series when 1990. So, really? so I am stoked. You at that one? I yes. didn't know that. Yep, wow. yep. So, so, so that was the last time. I was at a pay per view uh, for 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 any wrestling show. That's so pretty cool. I am stoked. I am that absolutely cool. stoked. Yeah, you got to be a good one too. Yep. I mean, you know, Undertaker debuting. Um, it's Survivor Series. They had the old format. That's really cool. Yep. Um, you know, maybe... so I'm hoping for a. Uh, so, so so I'm spoiling my my wish upon the star star of David. But uh, I'm hoping for. That, that Adam Cole to make his debut of Money in the Bank. That that uh, that, that, that so, so so I could say I saw the Undertaker's debut and I saw Adam Cole's debut. That's what I'm I hoping mean, for. It's very possible at the time of this recording. Um, you know, Money in the Bank. Uh, we, we, there's no matches, you know, made. No, none. And uh, the 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 superstar shakeup on WWE TV hasn't happened. So by the time this recording airs, uh, you know. There will be a full. Hopefully, there will be a full card and uh, some roster changes made. So, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: We're not live, but um, you know, trying to trying to knock a few of these out of the park um, and and have some shows ready for you guys and ready to go in case you know real life gets in the way. But um, with that being said, um, you know, before we get into this watch party, uh, for those of you out there that are followers of us on social media, tell your friends to follow us over at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two. You can find all kinds of fun over there. Um, archived links to the shows, discussions, debates, pictures, articles, you name it. It's all over there. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two. The same goes for our Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two same fun and craziness that we're doing over on Facebook. We're doing it on Twitter, but 140 to 220 characters or less. Um, 
Following's not as strong on Facebook, but I'm hoping to, you know, or I'm sorry, on Twitter, but I'm hoping to make it just as strong as it is on Facebook. Uh, so please hook me up, help me out, and uh, let's make that happen. Um, and you can also find archive links to this show over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That's right. Uh, Retromania is over on Podbean, so you can search for the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find all the backlogged episodes of Kicking Out at Two um, on there. You can also search for uh, Kicking Out at Two and Retromania over on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and all other podcast platforms available. And of course, uh, you know where we all started. Uh, if if, if uh, you're you know familiar, we, uh, we we got our start over at SoundCloud.com, so you can find the archives over there as well. So we're pretty much everywhere now, which is a good thing. So um, with that being said, now that I've gotten all the social media plugs out of the way. Hopefully you have your WWE Network ready to go. Uh, like I said, the date, July 11th, 2004. Um, it's under the WWE pay-per-view section, Vengeance. And uh, we'll give you guys a little bit of a countdown. You're going to bypass the television rating and the, the commercial for whatever show they're plugging on the network this week. And uh, with that being said, in five, four, three, two, one. Hit play as we open here covering the story of Chris Benoit and winning the Royal Rumble, which then would result in his championship match here with Triple H and Shawn Michaels winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, we talked a little bit about Benoit um, on the, uh, the the Spring Stampede watch party that we did, Dennis. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, that situation more later. Yeah. Um, but um, what did you think of uh, him uh, headlining the show with Triple H for the world title? Oh, that, that uh, Benoit, uh, that, 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 uh, at the, this time, was one of my favorites. It's, uh, that, yeah. that, 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 uh, so, so, so him... And Triple H is one of my least favorites, too. So the, for him to have this match, I was really stoked about because I'm like, come on, my favorite guy has to be my least favorite guy, you know? That, that, uh, that, and of course, this whole story, he wins the Royal Rumble, he wins. I didn't think it was going to, my gut feeling was that, that, that he was not going to win the Triple Thunder. I really thought Triple H, not Triple H, I thought Shawn Michaels was going to win it. That's why. That's why I thought he was in it. That, 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 so no, no one would be. So Benoit didn't have to eat the uh, eat the pain eat or the whatever, pain, yeah. and, and not win the title either. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, uh, so, but Lord McLaurin, that, that, that he won. He won the. He won the match. Won the title, and and yeah, that that uh, I can re- vaguely remember thinking, "Come on, Benoit, you have to be Triple H tonight." I mean, it wasn't a. It wasn't out of the the norm for you to feel that way, Dennis. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Benoit, um, you know, wasn't up there in the main event level, at least, you know, in management size. So we see a live shot here, Hartford, yep. Connecticut. Yep, I was there. Um, you were here in this event? I was at this event, yeah. No way. Yeah. Um, Any shot of, like, seeing you? Where were you? Uh, it's, to be honest with you, um, it, you, you probably won't see a shot of me on this. Gotcha. But I was, I, I was, But I was in the lower bowl um, of the arena. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a brief, uh, rundown of where I was later, but, uh, going, you know, to your point, um, 
it wasn't egregious for you to feel like that Benoit wasn't going to win because Triple H's character was so dominant and yeah. he was just running through everyone and Benoit wasn't looked at as a main event player, although they were giving him an opportunity at that time. Oh. Um, he wasn't looked at amongst management as this big main event player. Uh, well, someone who's not a main event player that's opening this show. El Coach Arena. The coach, Jonathan Coachman and Garrison Cade. Garrison Gate, who's his uh, tag team partner? Trevor Murdoch. Thank you. That's yeah, that. they did a tag team for a while. They were good. They were solid. Yeah. They, they had a cowboy gimmick or yeah, something, they did right? Like a, yeah, they did like a southern kind of, you know, uh. good old boys kind of gimmick, um, which worked for a little while. I thought it was interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, Garrison Cade, uh, a graduate of uh, Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Um, Shawn Michaels trained him. And they they had big they had big plans for him. Um this here was fun. The uh, the musical chair segment of Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and to set up this match here, Coach. So this match got started because of musical chairs? So Eugene was the guest GM. Oh, yep. missed to the face. Eugene was the guest uh, general manager who will be on the show later. Mm-hmm. Um in place of uh, <clears throat> his uncle Eric Bischoff, and he decided to do a musical chairs um, segment to uh, to determine a number one contender for I think like the Intercontinental title or the the uh, another title. I think it was the Intercontinental right. title. Um, and one of those people could have been potentially Stacy Keebler. Yeah, which okay. I thought was re- I mean, but you know, it was the the unpredictable nature All of right. the Eugene character. So okay. and then of course. Coach took the last seat. Tajiri got mad. Coach made fun of him, sprayed the mist in the eyes, and now we're here at Vengeance. Uh, Coach had a little help with Garrison Cade, and Tajiri brings us Rhino as his tag team partner, um, <clears throat> which I kind of dug them as a team. I'm not going to lie. Um, Didn't he have a rivalry? I remember them having some good matches. In ECW, yes. Uh, I think WWF too, no? Um, but what- Yes, I can remember. It's possible, yeah. I can remember. Oh, it was one of my favorite. Uh, I th- I want to say it might have been a pay per view, but might, I think it was SmackDown. I remember Tori was was Tajiri's manager. Yep. And uh and uh and, and Rhino was was going after Tori for a gore. He pushes out of the way and he takes his gnarly gore gore. Yeah, I remember that. The, okay, the, yeah. They, they had a good rivalry too. Yeah, really, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Man. Um. I like them as a team. I'll be honest with you. I thought like like the ECW connection, the two different styles, like they just meshed well together um, as a tag team. I was kind of hoping to see them continue as a team long term. I always enjoyed Tajiri in WWE. I thought he oh was, me too. I thought he was fun. Um, the stuff he did with William Regal, um, even the stuff with Tori Wilson was pretty good. Um, yeah, you're probably you know what I I think you're I think you're. Um, I think you're thinking of uh, Rhino and Tajiri's rivalry. Um, that was during the invasion. When okay. They did, when they did the alliance. I do uh, remember that gore. That gore was, was on the ramp. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, that might have been a, a, like when during the time when they had the, the, the alliance storyline against the WWF. Okay, you see. Oh, go back. All right, you see the, the guys walking up the stairs in that corner? You know, yeah. Okay, from earlier. It's like, if so if you're facing right now, you're watching, it's the hard camera. Yeah, up, up in that corner. The lower bowl, we were, that's where we were sitting. Well, those are good seats. Yeah, no, they were great seats. Yeah. I got them for free. No way. Uh, how did you get, the, how did you get uh, that? A guy I used to work with, um, uh, my buddy Rob, um, he, he, had a, he had a catering company, and they did a lot of the catering locally for um, like 
the the arenas and the amphitheaters behind the scenes but like the musical acts yeah. come in so he had the gig at the xfinity center which is used to be the old meadows in hartford and um the uh he knew he we had done some catered events in this arena at the civic center um and we weren't doing wwe because they had their own catering company but um he knew uh, one of the guys in the ticket department that worked in the building and they he would get what they call the executive holds um and the executive hold seats were the ones that like the sponsors um whoever were you know sponsoring the events um they would get those seats so if it was like you know at&t wireless or you know slim jim or something yeah. like they would leave seats for those guys but most of those sponsors didn't go to the shows so um i got i got tickets to this to go see this for free um i took my i took his son at the time his son was uh no he was probably like seven or eight years old maybe nine years old i want to say um and uh i think justin and daryl were all th- also at this event too um and that's how i also got tickets to the uh the the no way out pay per view in two thousand when uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H wrestled in Hell in the Cell. Oh, great match! Yeah, uh, which will be commemorating the twenty year anniversary of that event next year. Um, on kicking out at two, I would definitely want to do a watch party of that event, uh, being that that was my first pay per view I ever went to. Um, but yeah, this year uh, th- this show wasn't uh, it wasn't sold out. Um, I'm stunned to hear that. It was 2004. This was during a period of time where, like, the brand extension was, um, they were they were trying to figure some things out. Brock Lesnar was had already left a few months prior to this. Right. Um, Kurt Angle was injured, so he wasn't as full time. Um, they had to make some changes and shift some guys around. I believe Shawn Michaels had an injury, and that's why he wasn't on this show, um, which I was really looking forward to because I'd never seen Shawn wrestle live before, and he was one of my favorites. So. Um, you know they 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 kind of had a um, they kind of had a, uh, a a thin roster. You know at least on the raw side, this was you know raw branded pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, SmackDown was doing some pretty good stuff over on the other side with JBL and Eddie Guerrero, and um, but this here was a raw branded event, and the raw side was. was oh raw. yeah, I hated that. You, you didn't like the brand extension? No, and now when it came to the pay per views, so, like they should have had. Like you know the best the best matches you can get, the best matches you can get on SmackDown and the best matches you could get on Raw on on one pay per view which they which they do now with, yeah with the, with the pay per views but they've even blurred the lines there um, oh I some of those I hate to say it because I think the main events for SmackDown were way better than the Raw main events but the mid card SmackDown matches were brutal what I, this era or now this era. That, 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 really? That, oh, I thought I thought the raw I thought the raw pay per views were way better than SmackDown pay per views. Really? I really did. I really did. And I bet you the buy the buy <laughs> the buy rates. Yeah, yeah, I bet you they did. Yeah, no, that's very possible. Um, I remember um, during this era, um, they were trying different things with guys. So, for instance, um, you know the. the on the, on this side on Raw, like they were they were putting in an effort with this Garrison Cade, um, the Eugene character, which we will see you know shortly uh, on this show, um, you know that character was gaining a following and a popularity, but you had, you know y- y- your creamier crop um, on Raw was you know Michaels Hunter and you know eventually uh, you know Benoit yeah. Um, and the 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 mid card at least on Raw, um, 
was pretty solid. Edge and Randy Orton will have a match on this card. Um, Batista and Jericho. Um, you know, there's the Raw side was well taken care of when it came to that post WrestleMania draft that they did. Um, but I would agree with you. SmackDown was SmackDown was heavy on the main event talent, but the mid card suffered. I will agree with you. You know, Ugh. SmackDown had Eddie Guerrero. I was starting to get into JBL, even though it was hard for me to buy him as a main eventer. Um, Big Show, Kurt Angle, even though he was part time, Undertaker, Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, RVD was on SmackDown. Uh, was he? I don't yeah, remember that. Booker T was on SmackDown, so like they were heavy yeah. on like main event guys, and it's funny too because they were so heavy at the top of main event guys that I'm surprised they didn't use um, some of those guys in the mid card. Like, they would have RVD and Mysterio tag up as a team. Uh, I think they had a rivalry with the Dudleys for a little mm-hmm. bit. But then they would end up facing Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki, which was like a mixed match team thrown together of a couple of foreign heels that, you know, didn't really didn't really do it for me. But I, I, would, have, I would tend to agree with you. SmackDown's mid-card at this time in 2004 was not... Yeah, I can't even think. Not depth. I, I can't even think. Like, who was like... Um... I was assuming they probably had the the U.S. championship, but uh, at that time, like who was like 2004? Who was the U.S. champion? Do you know? Uh, in 2004? Yeah. Um. Oh, I really put you on the spot there. I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. Yeah. I like I like answering questions like this. I like going back and thinking. Um, during this time period, I believe it was John Cena. Was it Cena, Robert? Cena. Okay. I think it was Cena and Booker. They kind of traded it back and forth, as. Uh, Looks like we're coming to the end of this match here. Yeah, I think... Coach eats a kick while Garrison Cade eats the mist. And your winners, Tajiri and Rhino. There you go. Um, and it's funny, because I remember when this pay-per-view took place. Like, I was really excited. It was a pay-per-view. And, yeah. But the card wasn't all put together. Um, they ended up making this match on, like, Sunday Night Heat. Um, before this pay per view even started, so there oh, were, I miss that. Yeah, was there it, there was actually a Sunday Night Heat at, at, before this event, huh? Yeah, and I don't remember what the I think it was. I think it was a ladies match that they had on Sunday Night Heat as like the one match right. uh, before the pay per view. Um, I I could be wrong. I'll have to look that up. You know, I will look that up. As a matter of fact, right now I will Google that. Um, but yeah. Uh, this pay-per-view wasn't really well put together in terms of um, a, a, a stacked card and the build-up in and of itself. It was kind of eh. Um, all right, let's see here. Um, so this didn't do well in ticket sales. They only sold about seven thousand. T- they only did about seven thousand tickets. What do you say? The XL probably does about ten grand. Uh, they did about yeah. like fifteen. They used to do fifteen. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. This wasn't even half. It wasn't even half full. Wow. Yeah. Well, what you what you see on the camera though looks like it was a good showing. Yeah, but I mean they 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 dim the lights in certain areas and they tarp everything right. off. Um, here's Evolution. Uh, yeah, Triple H. Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. They were. Um, this was interesting. They. This was. Th- this conversation was based on the um, the fact that um, Triple H was manipulating the Eugene character, and he let Eugene be an honorary member of Evolution. And so these guys are not too thrilled with that notion, and they're trying to you know talk and talk some sense into Hunter. I had the Evolution T-shirt once. That was one of my favorite shirts. 
I don't know where it went. Probably lost it, but um, it's weird that that when, during Evolution time, I didn't like them, and now that they've broken up, and I see like Evolution matches, I kind of liked them after all. Yeah. So the 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 match before um, the pay per view on the air aired on Sunday Night Heat. Tyson Tomko had defeated Val Venus. Wow. Yeah. I like Tyson Tomko. I thought the Tomko Christian package was yeah. pretty cool. I liked it. Christian, another guy left off this pay-per-view. I think he was hurt at the time, so that's why he was not a part All of the right. show. But, um, yeah, this was uh, – they were hurting when it came to, you know, guys on the roster, and at least in my opinion. I went because it was a WWE pay-per-view, but there wasn't a whole lot for me to get you know, excited about so, so for this card. I just can't get over it. They only got 7,000. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I want to say Money in the Bank is sold out, I think. It, it quite possibly could be. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. It quite possibly could be. There we see. Oh, look at that. There's Benoit trying to talk some sense into Eugene and let Eugene know that Evolution's trying to manipulate you and take advantage of you. And, you know, he doesn't care about you. He just cares about the title. Was it was it gonna be like the special guest referee or something? No, he was just kind of like, he was just kind of like you know in Hunter's corner, so to speak. Okay. Like Hunter just wanted him, you know, to be like, to 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 help him when he needed it, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily, um, you know, uh, put him in a defined role like special enforcer, or special guest referee. Um, Did you like when um, Eugene turned heel? I think that was the only time I liked him. When did he turn heel? Yeah, it was at this. the way, way end of his run. But, 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 yeah. I don't even know how you know how to explain it, but, yeah, he was a heel at the end of his run. That's crazy. Yeah. The Hartford Civic Center, which is now known as the XL Center. You see that shot here as we get set for Chris Jericho and Batista. One of my favorites to one of my least favorites. Did you, uh, I just read this recently. Um, it was Jericho actually said this on his on his podcast, I read a transcript of it, but um, so Jericho posted a picture of uh, him and Batista hang, yep. hanging out on his social media, and um, during that time period when he posted the picture, um, there have been rumors that you know AEW was interested in signing Batista because Batista wanted to come back yep. and wrestle one last time, um, and Batista more than more or less. Um, he obviously wanted to be a part of WWE. He wanted to have that one last match with with uh, Triple H, which he would end up doing at WrestleMania. But Jericho says they were hanging out, and um, the picture posted on social media uh, got a lot of attention. And literally 15 minutes later, Batista's phone rang, and it was WWE calling him about wanting to do the match with Triple H. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So they so WWE saw it on social media and then picked up the phone to call him and then of course the the the, the rumors of his you know uh, his interest in, in signing with AEW which most people looked at it as like a leveraging you know, he's trying to leverage yeah. more money on the WWE but um, yeah that was uh, that was rather interesting yeah I, I'm sad that we're not going to see Jericho and Hartford but uh, that that I love that sign Hartford is Jericho, Jericho yeah. so good that. Uh, but um, but and, um, I forgot what my point my point was. But that that, that uh, but uh, that um, yeah, Jericho. I want to know what like um, you think um, Jericho is gonna be um, like blackball now from from the WWE? No, 
that that uh, I hear Vince was uh, you know what do I know? If but 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 when I when I when I read and whatnot that that Vince is pretty pissed that Jericho signed with AEW. Um, I've heard stuff like that too. I don't know what to believe. I'll be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not happy that Jericho, um, signed. Jericho has gone on record publicly and stated that like he would never work against Vince McMahon in the United States. Yeah. So like his stance on wrestling has slowly like changed over the years. Like he said he would only work for Vince McMahon and then he goes ahead and signs a deal to work with New Japan and do those the match with Omega at the Tokyo Dome, okay? Yeah. So then when he signs to do that and people call him out on it and say, oh, you said you'd never work against Vince. He was like, I'll never work against Vince in the United States. Now we've come to it. He signs with yeah, Elite Wrestling. They're an American-based company out of Jacksonville, Florida. So he he basically he's basically said that he, you know, he wants to... He wants to be able to do something different, and his creative juices are flowing, and he gets along with those guys, and he likes working with those guys, and you know he doesn't want to. He he knows what he's going to do in WWE. He knows that you know there's going to be certain limitations that he's going to have, but um, at the same time, he also he also had a lot of creative control over his over his what he did in WWE too. He would call Vince and say, "I want to work with this guy, yeah. or I want to work with that guy, or I want to do this and that," and Vince kind of let him do most of that. Um, but at the same time, I think he also wants that. I think he also wants to be responsible for helping, like, bring back the big boom period in wrestling with this AEW. You know? I think competition's good. I think I think I agree. They have something that. Uh, but I think it's funny though that that uh, all these guys are going to AEW because they because they're like I'm going to have control of what I do. Blah 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 blah. Everyone had that, and then in WWE, then people got injured, and that's why they said we gotta protect you from yourself. Yeah, they're the one Kenny Omega, one young buck away from like, nope, uh, we're having control of this. Yeah, <laughs> that that uh, you gotta have some kind of rules, you know. Like, oh. like it seems like when I, especially when I hear like the young bucks, right? They just want like control over like anything and everything that they do, and. And it's like, sometimes you just got to have someone say, no, you can't do that for your own good, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I can see why you, you know, I can sympathize why you would feel that way. Um, it's not egregious whatsoever. Um, you know, as far as, you know, your statement of Jericho being blackballed, I don't think he's blackballed. Um, and, and case in point, Billy Gunn just went into the Hall of Fame. And Billy Gunn is the head trainer, agent, whatever you want to call him for yeah. All Elite Wrestling, you know? I will say this, though. Um, I read an interview with Billy Gunn recently, and Billy Gunn said that um, he told WWE when they asked him about the Hall of Fame, he said, is China going in? And they told him, yes, he's, yes she's going to go in, too. He said, okay, if you weren't putting China in, I wasn't going in. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they, they still put him in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you know, I can't... It's a different world, you know? Yeah. I, don't think we're in the, I don't think we're in that, like... It's not like what it used to be, you know? I, I really, truly believe that it's not like, you know, like that anymore. I don't know. Vince is still crazy. Yeah, he, he is. He, he, didn't he fire some um, writer for the... Maybe because in one of the Bret Hart speeches, he... The thanked, Hall of Fame, he thanked he, Vince, yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah, the, yeah, the story is he fired the writer immediately uh, during, you know, during the ceremony in the in the gorilla position. And um, and then DX comes out and they and they... they in a joking way, tongue in cheek, mentioned Vince McMahon during their Hall of Fame speech like seven dozen times. 
um, which I wonder if they knew the kid got fired and that's why they did it, or if they, or if they 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 made a joke out of it and then realized after the fact the kid got fired. Yeah, I don't know, but 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 well, why couldn't you thank your employer during the Hall of Fame? Pl- he's speech? weird like that, man. He's a weird bird. Like I mean, he's, he I, I crazy like you said. He's nuts. Um, I've heard stories that um, he's. I mean, his work ethic is is impeccable. Yeah. Um, he's working all the time. You know, if you worked with him in his inner circle, you had to pick up the phone um, at 2.30 in the morning if he called to want to talk business. You know what I mean? Like, that's how crazy he is. Um, to the point where they also, um, <clears throat> and Pritchard attested to this on a recent uh, podcast, that um, when they have their creative meetings, sometimes those meetings started at like 11 o'clock at night and didn't go until like 3 or 4 in the morning. You know? Like, that's just crazy, you yeah. know. Like those guys running on no sleep, um, and he's very demanding. Um, but at the same time, like he's—it's not like he's not doing the work either. You know what I mean? Like he's working with all of them too. You know, it's not like he just says, "All right, go do this, this, and this," and I expect you to do it this way. Like he's—he's he's in there working with them, you know. So um, he's not just sitting in his office, you know, delegating. Um, but. Um, yeah, I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna see Jericho blackballed from uh, from AEW or from WWE anytime soon. Yeah, he, I, I really don't. You gotta figure someday he's gonna have a, have a whole fit speech. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> like absolutely, he's yeah. gonna go in. Like, and it wouldn't surprise me. You know, what? it wouldn't shock me if um, it's it, you know WrestleMania's gonna be in Tampa next year. He lives in that Tampa area. It would not shock me if they called him and said, hey, we want to put you in the Hall of Fame, and he's a current AEW star. Yeah. You know what I mean? They did it with Flair and TNA when Flair was a part of TNA, and they put uh, the Horsemen in that one year. So, you know, it it would not surprise me if they said to Jericho, you know, hey, we want to put you in the Hall of Fame. And he's got a, a Hall of Fame, you know, list of credentials that will put him in there, you know, already. Um, so... I can't see why. You know, why you know? You think AEW would make him just just to be a pain in the ass? Do you think that AEW or, or that uh, so so they do your idea right? They calls Chris Jericho be like, "We want you to be in the Hall of Fame this year," and of course, of course, Jericho would be like, "Absolutely." You think that that uh, AEW would make him like the their world champion? So maybe potentially they would actually plug it in that that he was. This he was, yeah, he was. The, wrestling yeah, world champion. yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. In fact, that's what they should do. You know, if they want to use Jer, if WWE wanted, to, I honestly, I don't think WWE will do that. I'm just throwing that idea out there, but that's a great counter right there, Dennis. Oh, just a, if AEW, yeah. if Jericho's going to go in the Hall of Fame and he's a contracted AEW guy, then a, then he goes in and he brings the belt. You know, yeah. and imagine the amount of exposure that that brand would get if Jericho walked on stage with the belt, uh, you know, to, to to conduct his speech. Like, it'd be huge for them. I, did that, I, I know, I was more or less wondering, right? I don't think Jericho would do that because I really do think he respects the business, he respects Vince, and he respects oh, yeah. that company. But I'm just saying, you have the guy, you know, you, you know, you, you know Chris Jericho, WCW Cruiserweight Champion, U.S. Champion, 
Uh, and he's a 25, not, 25 time intercontinental champion. He was the first universal champion and current AEW champion. Yeah. That would, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. I think it would, I, I honestly, like, I think now with WWE, when it comes to like big moments like WrestleMania weekend and, and, and things like that, like, they're, they, they are, they're, they're not shying away from stepping outside of the box and outside of their comfort zone. You know what I mean? You know, they, they've, they've been a little more looser when it comes to um, allowing certain guys to maintain their characters from other organizations. You know, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, um, just to name a few. Um, you know, the, I, it would not surprise me in the least bit if they called Jericho and said, we want to put you in the hall, and Jericho shows up with the belt. You know, yeah. Or AEW says, okay, you want him in the hall? All right, he's under our, he's under contract with us, but you know, he's our champ, so you gotta let him bring the belt out. I mean, um, I honestly, I don't see it happening, but I think it would be a pretty cool moment. I don't think is, I don't see it happening until he actually retires too. But, uh, but that would be cool. Like you say, he's a Tampa boy now, and uh, that, uh, that, that. Uh, and if, if WrestleMania ever makes it to Canada, I, I think that would be awesome. An awesome time to put Jericho in. I said it earlier this year when I was talking with Justin about um, Hall of Fame, um, like who should go in, and uh, I thought that they should have put Goldust in and asked Cody to induct him. I tell you what, you know what I mean that's another one of those like. What the heck? The executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling yeah. is going to induct his brother into the WWE Hall of Fame during WrestleMania week. Holy cow! Like, like that to me would feel like, you know, WWE gets ahead of you know the 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 the, re- the internet wrestling fan by by you know running with that idea. By the way, I would love. If they, they they like they like finally had like you know we always th- think about like you know in WCW and WWF during their prime they had like one Super Bowl like 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 tournament type of thing yeah. or like, matches whatever why can't AEW and WWE have a working relationship I, I you're think- telling me Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles wouldn't sell money or whatever or or have I or even Omega Brock Lesnar for God's sake do you know what I mean those guys like Cody and those guys have said in interviews that they would love to have a uh, they would be open to discussing uh, a working relationship with with WWE um, so I mean you know there's a lot of things that we thought we'd never see in wrestling in the last few years in the last five or six years and we're we're getting to see certain things that, yeah. you know like I said so it I'm not ruling it out I'll say that but I'm, I'm not ruling it out that there'll be a working relationship would there be a would I'm not a hundred percent on board with the idea of a, a Super Bowl with like you know the best of the best from both companies facing excuse me facing off with each other not yeah. yet at least not yet like there needs to I need to see a pattern with the relationship first. Yeah, I get you. before before we can get to that. That's point. a very good point. But I to so so my my rebuttal question for you is okay. Uh, Goldust gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Who if it wasn't if it's not Cody Rhodes, who who would induct him? It has to be Cody. Um, I mean, if it's not Cody, you can you can find other guys on the roster. I, I would imagine my safe my safest bet would probably be Booker T. 
Really, Booker? Oh, because they, yeah, I get they what had the tag team. I almost thought Raymi Razor Ramon because that was kind of like his first. One yeah, too. you could you could make a safe bet. He could put him in. Um, you know, you really want to go old school, even though I know they wouldn't go old school. But you call Barry Windham back, okay? You know, because they had, but it's the Gold Dust character. So you know, think about it. Like here's another here's another one that could put him in. His ex wife Terry Runnels, Marlena. Not bad idea. You know, like yeah. they like. She could be another name that could that could put him in. So, yeah. Barry Windham's probably the, the the least likely, just because current wrestling fans of today's wrestling probably don't know who Barry Windham is or have very little knowledge of him. Yeah, I get um, you're right. So, um, but at the same time, they could go with some out of the box idea. Maybe like Goldust would like have a, a roster member currently that he's real good friends with, but nobody knows. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, who knows, you know. They had that one year when the Freebirds got inducted and they, they put, um, they had New Day induct them because they were a three-man team. Oh, uh, yeah. Know, instead of Kevin Von Erich. But they, they brought Kevin Von Erich out on stage to talk um, about his rivalry with the Freebirds because they felt like it had to be acknowledged because they were in Dallas. Like, Oh, um, I, yeah, yeah. If there, if there was no, uh, if there was no Von Erich, there's no Freebirds. Yeah, oh, I agree, 100%. Um Batista here with the cover. Two, three. The referee missed Jericho's foot on the rope. Yep. And your winner of this match, the animal Batista. And we kind of talked over this match a little bit, but uh, yeah. you know, it was really nothing to write home about. Um, and let's be fair. We already knew the outcome. Even if you never saw this match, you knew the outcome before it began. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, we're, 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 not, here, we're, we're not here to... Uh, you know, when we do these watch parties, we're not here to, um, you know, call the action like, you know, uh, like like you would watching watching this with, you know, hold for hold, move for move. But, you know, we try to we try to bring you guys a like a like what any wrestling fan would would be when they're watching a pay-per-view with their buddy. You know, you guys bullshit and they talk, you know, so um, I try I try to. <laughs> I like how he, he snapped that was a good touch. That was a really yeah. good touch. Like the referee wasn't looking. Yeah. And yeah, I like how Jericho sold the clothesline. You know, like yeah. like usually, usually with the exception of Bradshaw, like guys that deliver clotheslines, like you know the guys who are taking them. I'm sure it hurts, but yeah. you know they don't sell them. Like Jericho really sold it there with his head. Uh, I like when they do the flip. You know what I mean? Oh, like the yeah. Rockers, like the Rockers Barbarian. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's still my favorite clothesline of all time, maybe. Yeah. That that uh, when they do the flip, I I pop for that. Evolution and Eugene now, uh, you know, Flair is set to tag with Eugene, uh, you know, against La Resistance for the the World Tag Team Titles, coming up shortly on this event. But uh, this is the point in time where Eugene, you know. Let's Triple H know that Chris Benoit is is using him and taking advantage of him, and Triple H is now you know manipulating Eugene into thinking that Benoit is lying. So, um, what did you think of the Eugene character? I didn't like it. You didn't like it because because you could tell that he was a good wrestler. I didn't know that that that, that I seen him in OVW after the fact. Nick Dinsmore, yeah, yeah, he was such a great wrestler. And like I don't get why they had to. If, I don't. If it's like, I I didn't see why they had to have him have a mental shortcomings per se. 
I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was very controversial at the time. I think, you know, their explanation behind it was they were trying to tell a story of, like, someone with a disability being able to live their dream and, and, and you know, fight past it. I think that's what the moral of the story was when they tried to present it, but there was sometimes the way they presented it just, it didn't, you know, um, it didn't, it didn't re- reflect that vision that they yeah. were trying to tell us. When it came to that story, um, I was actually kind of surprised they gave him this kind of a character because I remember once reading um, an, uh, the Raw magazine, they interviewed Kurt Angle um, about you know a number of different topics, and one of the topics was Kurt Angle had mentioned you know um, Nick Dinsmore was probably the best wrestler um, in the WWE's developmental system, and that you need to look out for Nick Dinsmore. And when this Eugene character came. I didn't know who Nick Dinsmore was, and then when I, you know, read the dirt sheets, um, you know, the night after Raw when he debuted, I was like, "What the heck? Like Eugene? Like that? That's Nick Dinsmore? Like I was like, they gave him this character, but they were trying to, like I said, they were trying to. It was almost like WWE's version of like Rain Man. Yeah, know? that's what I mean. You know, like I just think it didn't. It was. Good at times, but there were other times where it was just like, like it. I don't know. This is kind of funny here. He wears Flair's robe. You know, look at Flair. He's not too happy, and they want to go out matching, looking the same. <laughs> look at Flair's face. I love it. Flair's just like, get off of me. Why are you wearing my robe? I'd love to wear one of those robes. Try them on. Oh, be sick. That'd be pretty cool. The Nature Boy. Woo! Yep. Him and Triple H. I always liked, you know, their pairing on screen together. And here's a, the, the, the tag team match we just spoke of. The world tag team titles on the line. La Resistance. Never been big fans. I didn't really care for him either. And I never liked when an American would be the sympathizer of... Did you just see that sign? Yep. I cannot believe it. They, well, I mean, that was a different time. 2004. Yeah. La Retarded. Oh, my God. That is... That's... Wow. Wow. I... Not 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 a word that I condone by any stretch of the imagination. I hate that, that, that every now and again it's in my vocabulary. If you ever see me use that word, just slap me. I, I want that in my vocabulary. It's just like, unfortunately, if I, I, I'm 38. It's going to be 39 in May. That that uh, it was just one of those things when I when I grew up that it was thrown it, around way too much. Unfortunately, yeah, it was. It's one, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was guilty of once saying it myself, you know. Um, but you know, then at the same time, uh, you know, having uh, you know family members and working with kids with disabilities and things like that, you 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 uh, you know you snap out of it, so yeah. to speak. But um, no, I, I don't hold it against you. It was a different every, time. Every, every, yeah, it definitely was a different time yeah. where it was a word that was more accepted. Um, unfortunately, um, put a shirt on guy, Jesus <laughs> Christ, walk around wearing your, your, your wife beater. But, um, I yeah, want... I, I was never a big fan of the American that was the like foreign sympathizer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never understood that. I never, I mean, I guess it's a, a tool. I don't know. I, I actually think that, um, what my favorite transitional champion was definitely started slaughter. I thought that gimmick was actually pretty awesome. That was all right. So that was good, and the reason why that was good was because 
Slaughter played the American hero very well with the GI. He was, you know, on the GI Joe TV show, and he was a big name, like Rob Conway. No disrespect to him. Yeah, nice guy. I actually met him once, and I actually, where did you meet him? Uh, I met him at a um, where did I meet him at? Uh, uh, it was it was a number of years ago at a WrestleMania. Um, we went to um. Went to the hotel to hang out with Shane Helms, uh, where WrestleCon was being held okay. in Miami, and he was at the bar, um, hanging out, and uh, he was very polite and present and pleasant. And um, it was actually um, not too long before that, uh, it was either before or after that, um, where during my time on the Ken Reedy show, Ken and I interviewed him when he became the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Um, and he was very nice, and we talked even then, and he, he actually remembered us. Um, but nice nice guy, talented performer, okay? I felt like they could have done more with him, but I didn't, he, I don't know, I just didn't like him as the as the, the foreign sympathizer. I really didn't. I, I And he was a virtual nobody. He was presented as like a, a, a um, Marine veteran, you know? Or an army vet, and then he joined up with these guys and became part of La Resistance. I just i I thought it was silly. I thought it was stupid. But I liked Slaughter's because Slaughter was a a, a a bigger name, and I think it was because he was such he was so good at that American hero character, and he was established yeah. that it helped. Whereas Conway was a virtual nobody before he started. I totally agree like, with that. On WWE TV. No disrespect intended whatsoever. Yeah. But. And another another American gone, foreign sympathizer gone bad, was definitely Duggan with that whole Canadian crap. Oh, that was that stupid. That was really WCW stupid. WCW? Yeah. yeah, in 2000 when he did the that whole thing. Yeah, that was dumb. That was really yeah. dumb. But I, I guess he was just gone trying to collect a check by then. Yeah, by that point, yeah. yeah. Like I said, WCW was a country club. They were just—he was just trying to—he um, was just trying to, you know, make the, uh, you know, pay the bills. But um, this was a fun little match. I remember going back, watch, you know, I was there watching this, and um, you know, Eugene mocking Flair, and the crowd was into it. Um, I was assuming that Eugene and then Flair goes over. Uh, no, they did not win, wow, they did not win the titles. I think there was some sort of like DQ or screw job type finish. All right. So. But, um. That's a cool sign. Not that woo. Yeah. There was one year, I think it was the year at WrestleMania when Flair had to retire. And someone had like a woo sign that was like. 35 deep really of like people like holding it up like a, like 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 two rows i think were holding it up like it was ridiculous yeah it was pretty wild yeah and and um at first i didn't like when charlotte did the woo but yeah that grew on me big time actually yeah it was uh her in general had to grow on me, but I'm actually a big fan now. I, I didn't, and 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 not because she was a heel, just because I didn't like her. Her, I I thought at first she came off too much like her father, but and now I really think she she she's more herself and whatnot. Now, she's, now I'm a really she's big fan to her own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what here here's the funny thing. Okay. When she came in, 
um, onto the main roster, I should say. Um, you know, she came in solo, and her her athletic background and the fact that she had taken to the industry from a from a, a, a an in ring standpoint um, had gotten her popular and her time in NXT. Okay, mm-hmm. all the great matches she had with all them other girls, right? But she was still missing something. So there was it was a double edged sword. The association with her father helped, okay? But I'm glad it was as short as it was because I was afraid that he was going to, not intentionally, but, like, steal her her spotlight with, you know, all his antics with his wooing and, the, and all the stuff that he does yeah. on the outside when he was a manager. Like, that's what I was worried about. And I'm glad that they, they kept it as short as it was. I really am. Um... I think, um, you know, it helped the time with her helped and it helped develop, um, the audience to hate her. Okay. Because at the time they respected her and thought she was even at that early stage in the game, they thought she was so talented as a performer and she's just, she's grown as a performer. She really has, you know, you look at her now and we're talking six years in the business and, She's she wrestles out there like she's been in the business for 16 years. You know what I mean? Like she's that good in my opinion. I agree. Um she really is. And I've always been a big fan of hers. My favorite match with one of my favorite matches with her was when she wrestled Natalia for the NXT uh women's title. Yeah, it was good. On uh, one of those takeovers before she made it to the main roster. Yeah. It was an awesome match. It was at that time it was the best female wrestling match I've ever seen. And um It's up there. So, uh, he, um, so her time with her father on TV was, it was, it was a good amount of time. Like they didn't overdo it. They didn't milk it to the point where like, you know, Rick was, you know, taking her spotlight. But at the, uh, by the same token, you run the risk of getting those, you know, haters and detractors out there that say, oh, well she needed her father to help get her over. Yeah. And that's where you you know it's like a double edged sword. It, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But um, I am glad that she has been able to make a name for herself on her own, and still still recognize the legacy of her wrestling pedigree with her dad, but not to the point where she needs it to get over because she's over on her own. Yeah, I that uh, I definitely agree with you, but. What you said, big time. That uh, that um, that that uh, she became. And I I just what I'm trying to say is that uh, I don't think she ever really needed Ric Flair. I think Flair just needed her at that time, and I think he was kind of like vicariously hanging on. I really believe that. Yeah, I I I totally agree. Um, I, I I it's hard it's hard not to argue that. You know, it, it really isn't, but at the same time, like, you know, he's still Ric Flair. Yeah. He still has a legend to his name. You know, he will always, he, 
You know what I mean? Like, anytime he comes on TV, he gets a great reaction. He woos. To the point where, like, if he's not on TV and someone chops a guy, the whole crowd woos. You know yeah. what I mean? You go to a wrestling event, and they, before the matches even start, everyone's wooing in the crowd for no fucking reason. And now it's gotten to the point where it's annoying. But, at this, like, when we go to Money in the Bank, I'm telling you right now, we're going to sit in the crowd, and people are just going to woo for the hell of it. Yeah, that's before right. the show even starts. <laughs> you know, mark my words. It's going to happen. Yeah. So... But, uh, you know, and this was a period in time with Flair where as much as I loved him, I didn't need to see him wrestle. He's not in terrible shape here, no. but I didn't need to see him wrestle. I tell you what, I, I felt the same way until I saw him at, uh, versus the, the um, versus the, uh, I was about to say the Giant, but uh, the big show that that in ECW and that, and that no disqualification match, that was so good. That was so good. That was, yeah, that was pretty intense. That match and then the match he did with Foley at SummerSlam, that I Quit match. That was good, too. That was a great one as well. I could have done without their, their first wrestling match, but the I Quit match was pretty good. The first match they had? Yeah, it was, it was actually like a wrestling match. Oh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nobody wanted to see that. Yeah. Yeah, here's Resistance. I do kind of think it's funny that they're doing... Because when you're a lot of resistance, you think France and this and they're Quebecers. Yeah, I, yeah, Jacques and uh, Jacques and Pierre, the Quebecers. Oh, no, I'm just saying that these guys, so that that uh, that they're uh, from Quebec, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Quebecers, Quebecers, they're pretty good. I I actually love those. Talking about heels, uh, foreign heels. They were that, a solid team. Oh, I love the Quebecers and yeah, Johnny Polo and I love those guys. Yeah, the the the, the matches that they had with um um Men on a Mission? No, oh god, those were horrible. <laughs> the match they had with Brett and Owen at the Royal Rumble. Oh, that was good, yeah. That was a great match. Um yeah. the matches they would have with the Steiner brothers. Um that yeah. th- those were some good matches too. Um I was not the biggest fan of the Mountie, but when they did the Quebecers characters with with uh, Pierre and Johnny Polo, um, you know they were they were a solid heel yeah. tag team. You know they were annoying. Um, I I don't sound like a hypocrite because I said on one of your podcasts that uh, Big Boss Man is my favorite, but it was more funny than a good wrestling match. But the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man, that was really funny. That was funny. Yeah, that was that. I that's one of my fondest memories of watching wrestling because that was one of the very few pay per views I got to order when I was a kid. Uh, the the SummerSlam nineteen ninety one with the Jailhouse match. Yep. And he goes to jail and he is like, you know, you want the finger? Here's the finger. <laughs> and then he was like, no, you stupid! Don't take a picture of me. And Jimmy Hart's like back at the arena. And he's like, he's like, nobody takes the pictures of the Mountie. I'm gonna get another on the phone. Nobody does that to the Mountie. You know, like the back and forth with all the skits and stuff. And he's like, ow, you're hurting me, you stupid. And, and then they get into the jail cell and the and. Uh, the, the the biker guy uh, who uh, appeared to be a homosexual. Oh yes, yeah. It's like, a, don't you love the way leather feels against your skin? It's like, get me out of here! <laughs> it was like, don't, that stuff was awesome. Like the best yeah. part of that was when in the beginning of that match, um, 
the Mountie was outside the, in the parking lot with the New York City cops, and he was telling them all how to do their job when he beats the boss man. He's like, <laughs> now I want you to take him by the ankles, shackle him off, and don't do it the New York style. You're going to arrest him the Mountie style. <laughs> and all the cops are just sitting there like stone-faced, like, yep, yep, okay, whatever, dude. And then, like, how ironic, he loses the match, and then they, like, they, 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 they arrest him and, you know, deliver their brand of justice. Yeah. You know, like, that was pretty funny, but... um. Yeah, these guys here, Sylvan and uh, uh, Robert Conway, Rob Conway. Um, originally, Rene Dupree was a part oh, of Oh, I know. I miss Rene for Dupree. He I thought he solid. was good. Yeah, he was solid. I liked him in a singles role, but I did like him in the tag as well. Yeah. Um, but these guys, uh, you know, just for whatever reason, it just didn't work. Um, I heard that, you know, uh, not Conway, but Sylvan was very, very, very inexperienced. Um, and he didn't understand, like, the wrestling culture. Um, there's a great story from the Dudley boys where, um, they had a match with them at a, like on a live event and they messed up, um, a spot or two and one of the Dudleys almost got hurt. My Jesus. And Sylvain, the one who's standing on the apron right now in his French accent, he was like, uh, Baba, don't you know I'm green? Meaning, like, you know, I've, you know, inexperienced. And Bubba took that as, like, you're using your inexperience as an excuse as to why you almost hurt me. Like, he wanted to kill him. Yeah. You know, like, he was ready to kill him. And, like, management was big on these guys at the time. They, they, They looked at them as, like, the future, eventually, like, putting them in singles roles. You know, Renee would be in a singles role. This one here, Sylvain, on the floor, um... He didn't. He wasn't as successful. He would. He, he he tried like a model gimmick, and that didn't work. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then he went back, and and I think he, I think they tried to tag uh, La Resistance back together again in the that WWE ECW, but it didn't work. And, I don't remember uh, that at all. I don't know. It was very short lived. It was like, like a couple of weeks, and that was oh, the Jesus. end. Jesus. Yeah. Why don't you just give him a wedgie there, Eugene? <laughs> Holy cow! Over the top rope. Rights and lefts from Eugene to Rob Conway. You know, that was Sylvan, excuse me. Conway got the wedgie out on the floor. <laughs> but, yeah, crowd was into it. I, I remember the crowd being very into Eugene at, the, at this event. Um, yeah. You know, they, he was he was very pop, popular and lovable. And I really believe, though, if they did him today, it would, it would not go over. Oh, it would go over like a fart in church. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Dinsmore's still in the business. Oh, oh there, it, there is. it is. Okay. Yep. Disqualification. Boom. Mm-hmm. Stunner by Eugene. Referee calls for the bell. Rock bottom by Eugene to Rob Conway. And this is why I didn't like either. Like when he would use like the other wrestlers' moves. Like, yeah. I get it. He was like emulating, you know, his. Oh, <laughs> the Rick Flesh shot. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> um,. He was emulating his heroes as the Eugene character by doing the moves, but I just thought it was kind of silly. Um, yeah, they were they were clearly building up Eugene to to be you know the the next one to face off with uh, with Triple H based off this story here. Yeah. Um, but what was it? SummerSlam? They had their match. Yeah, it was some, the next month after this, they would they would have a big match at SummerSlam, and it yeah. was of course Triple H went over. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that game of the old Pellegrino. Was it? 
but the crowd wasn't into it either. They were yeah. they, they were not into seeing you know Eugene as a good guy. That was in Toronto. I was about to ask you a dumb question. World. What was the main event? But obviously we talked about this before even even the podcast. It was uh, of course uh, uh, Benoit versus Orton. Yep, Benoit versus Orton headlines that SummerSlam that year. That was a weird SummerSlam. Just because the crowd in Toronto was other kind than, of shitting all over everything. Other than uh, Eugene, Triple H, and Orton, Benoit, I don't remember that card at all. Yeah, it was it was nothing really spectacular. Yeah. But it's weird. A lot of SummerSlams are like that. They're so unforgettable. They're either very, very memorable or they're totally forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few. There's yeah. definitely a few. This match here coming up next, Kane and Matt Hardy in a no-disqualification match. Um this is before uh, Matt Hardy version one and all that stuff. Or this is after. This is after. This is like in between. This was like, really. This I was love after. Matt Hardy version one. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. You know what they're? You know what? I heard a rumor that they're trying to do now with him. Um, he, they're going to try and give him like the Mick Foley multiple persona character. Oh, I love that. Where he does like Matt Hardy boys, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Matt Hardy version one. Yeah. Um, the broken Matt Hardy, and. Um, if you remember his um, his Ring of Honor and TNA character, he kind of did like a big money mat, which like morphed into um, yeah the 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 broken Matt Hardy. Um, but that's what he's calling himself now. Uh, yeah, big money Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, he was big money Matt in Ring of Honor and in TNA. But um, there's a rumor that they're think they're toying with the idea of having Hardy work all these different personas, like Mick Foley. Did uh, I think it would be hilarious. I think yeah, I think it would be good too because he's such a great performer. He could pull it off, and he's really reinvented himself in the last few years, like where he's become relevant. You know, yeah. like same thing with Jeff too. You know, the, the them as a team, and um, but this storyline here was a little weird because it was Hardy and. Lita, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They were just kind of um, acknowledging it on TV. And uh, then they had Kane involved where, you know, and this is where, this is where, you know, the, the, the kayfabe world of, of wrestling is, uh, it, it, leaves you, it leaves you scratching your head. <laughs> but Kane apparently um, forced himself to have sex with Lita and got her pregnant. Last time I checked, that's called rape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, last time I checked, he would be, you know, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, especially if he practically admitted that he would have sex with her and she didn't want to, and it's on national television. Um, I thought the stipulation, though. He gets run night with her. Um... Maybe I'm wrong. I maybe don't know. no. You might be right. I, honestly, I don't remember. But he's even they're, they're showing it here in this in this video package. That would like, be prostitution, then, right? Well, yeah, that would, yeah, that would technically be yeah, soliciting you know soliciting sex. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was it was it was it was very strange. Like it, it, the whole thing was just kind of weird. And then they ran with her and Kane for a while. To the point where, like, she had, like, Stockholm Syndrome, where, like, she embraced him and, you know, became part of him with yeah. being the valet until they did the storyline where they, you know, are imitated life. And then she and, got pregnant, and, it, right? And, yeah, she got pregnant, but then she lost the baby because of Snitsky. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It wasn't my fault, of course. Yeah. And then <laughs> Snitsky punted the baby in the middle of... <laughs> <laughs> You remember that? 
Oh my goodness! I liked Sinsky was so bad it was good. I I, You're I right, love it was. See, I love Sinsky. I, I learned to appreciate the Gene Snitsky character, but in the beginning, I was like, "This is terrible." Did he Did he have any other feuds other than Kane? That was it, right? That was his big one. I think everything else he was mm-hmm. just kind of like a. He was, you know, on the undercard, didn't do a, a whole lot. I, know, I just liked it. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. No, he, no, it, it was, it was funny. Yeah. He, he was, he was pretty funny. Um, I think they could have did. I think the two things that WWE messed up on for like a comedy act was, um, oh, oh my god, I get drunk under pressure. They, uh, the Royal Rumble guy that slid. Titus O'Neil, Titus O'Neil, and uh, and Snitsky. They could have had like. These really funny bits where it's like, you, you know, like, like Snitsky could, could, could have like, uh, could have like farted or something, right? And everyone be like, ah, you know, and run away and be like, I wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They could have had, that could have been a running bit. They tried doing something with, Sn- actually, they tried doing something with Snitsky and, um, you remember Heidenreich? Yeah, of course. And they tried making them like a team. Um, and the, the. The WrestleMania where Undertaker wrestled Randy Orton and Kane was in the Money in the Bank. Uh-huh. The original plan was Kane and Undertaker against Snitsky and Heidenreich. Imagine if they did that at WrestleMania that year. So Kane and Undertaker versus Snitsky and Heidenreich. That could have yeah. been okay, I guess. Not for a WrestleMania. Maybe a maybe a. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's in your house or yeah, that's vengeance. That's one... that's vengeance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, to me, I thought like that was fucking silly. Like, yeah. to do that at WrestleMania. But, but hey, they did a train, a train big show. <laughs> yeah, but at least that was a handicap match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. I, I always like Matt Hardy. That that uh, and at this time too, I don't think I like Kane. That that uh. Then uh, I think I vaguely remember like really, really cheering hard for Matt Hardy in this match. Yeah, um, I like I said, this was a transition phase for Hardy. He wasn't doing the the version one character, but he wasn't. Um, he he hadn't done the the stuff with uh, with Edge yet, with because uh, Lita didn't cheat on him at that point. But I really dug the version one. Um, you know, with the. The, the Matt Facts and I love the Matt Moore, Facts. Shannon Moore with him. Like I thought that stuff was really good, and I kind of hope that like if they are doing this multiple persona with him in WWE, that they bring Mo- Shannon Moore back for that um, with him. Okay, you know what I mean. Have like a little short run as Matt Hardy version. Remember when he used to do the um, um, uh, he was the in the cruiserweight division. Yes, and he had to lose weight to face Billy Kidman. Yep, yeah, yep. Like, that stuff was a lot of fun too. Like that was a great match too. Him versus Billy Kidman. Yeah, no man, way that out. was good. Yeah, that was, that a, the, uh, was a fun match. I don't, what was that? Yeah, he did a top rope uh, twist of fate, right? Oh, it's so good. Uh, yes, yes, you are yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this match here, uh, no disqualification. Um, like I said, very personal rivalry. Kane raped his girlfriend and didn't get arrested, so he wants revenge in a, in a wrestling match. Sorry, officer, I'm not going to press charges. I want to beat him up myself. Sure, why not? You know what I mean? Like it's wrestling. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. Think about Hogan took a semi to um, the Rock in an ambulance and got. What do you even talk about about getting arrested? It's just wrestling. Yeah. I mean, oh, 
There's been so many, like, you know. What do you think your, then come to think about it, what would be your, uh, what would be your opinion, the most egregious uh, um, act in wrestling that, that, that didn't get persecuted by the law? Um... Couple different things. All right. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin getting run over. Oh yeah, in a car. Good point. Um, and, yeah, you know that he wasn't. I mean, they. All right, let's just put it to you this way: after that storyline happened, they did appear to have police officers, and I say that in air quotes. <laughs> um, you know, questioned the roster, and nothing was done. Nothing was followed mm-hmm. up with that. Austin came back and delivered his brand of justice. Um, I mean, um, there's that, there's, um, what about the, the most famous, what, shittiest moment in all of wrestling would be the, um, the, the moment with, um, uh, the Katie Vick. Oh yeah, Triple H. Yeah. You know, was it necrophilia and, you know, like desecration to a corpse? Like I'm sure there's some broken laws there. Climbing in a casket and having sex with a dead corpse. Like, yeah. I don't know how, like, his character wasn't arrested doing that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, um, but then again, they also, like, they also tried to portray that as, like, Triple H mocking Kane. So it wasn't necessarily. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, when fucking uh, Kane lit the. See, Kane's done the most criminal things in all of wrestling and has never been prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. He ch- he tombstoned Linda McMahon and didn't get arrested. Yep. Um, he one. burned JR. He set the Undertaker's casket on fire, buried yep. an individual alive. I mean, there's been so many things that Kane's character has done that he should have been, you know, he should have gotten life in prison. My, 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 I was going down the Royal Decks. My champion... For breaking the law that 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 that, 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 that never got jailed time was Jake the Snake Roberts when he took a cobra and and had had him bite the Macho Man like it was like stuck there too the snake was like stuck in his arm and that 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 uh, that um, in real life if, if that doesn't get jail time I don't know what does man yeah that, that that's another one too uh, I'm, I'm that's gonna... attempted murder don't you think that's, that's <laughs> assault with a with a with a reptile, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's certainly uh, that's that's certainly up there. Um, all the vehicular things Austin's done over the years with 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 automobiles and stuff yeah. like that. I'm sure that's been uh, that's something that could be documented um, within the, the the fullest extent of the law. Um, God, there's so many more too. Um, oh. When they have wrestlers kidnapping people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fucking The Undertaker kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and forced himself to try and marry her in that, like, black wedding. Like, <laughs> where the good. fucking cops called then, you know? like That's pretty good. You know, granted, the whole story came about that Vince McMahon staged it so that he could set up Austin. Yeah. And it was all a plan. You know, it was me, Austin. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. It was me all along, Austin. Yeah. I mean, where were the cops then, you know? It's um, <laughs> Oh, here's a great one. You'll love this. Okay. You will love this. So, um, there was a WCW pay-per-view in the year 2000. It was Spring Stampede 2000. And Hulk Hogan was not on the pay-per-view, but he showed up because he was trying to beat up Billy Kidman. Because on the Nitro before, Billy Kidman and Eric Bischoff 
ran him over, ran uh, a, a white Hummer into his limo and like committed like vehicular assault. So Hogan showed up and he beat the shit out of Billy Kidman. Okay. And this goes back to the conversation yep. that we had on the spring stampede watch party recently, where we talked about how in wrestling, you were guaranteed to never see someone get stabbed, shot at or killed. Okay. <laughs> so Hogan beats up Billy Kidman, destroys him. Okay. And, and that was another situation too, where the disqualification rule was yep. laxed. So Hogan got to interfere and Kidman cost Kidman his match. And then <laughs> Hogan's going to look for Bischoff because Bischoff was a part of it and he's going after Bischoff. And all of a sudden, um, he finds Bischoff in the locker room and he goes to attack him. And all of a sudden Russo shows up with a bunch of cops and all the cops draw their guns on Hogan. Hogan had no weapon. Yep. He was going to beat Bischoff up with his fist. But you have a bunch of overzealous cops all pulling their guns out ready to shoot Hogan. That was the first time I ever saw a gun in wrestling. And I was like, other, with the exception of the Bang 316 when Vince pissed his pants. Yeah. That, I, I was like, what the heck? That's a good one. Guns in wrestling. Yeah, you, you, it, it's very subtle we ever see that. Of course, uh, talking about Stone Cold, though. Stone Cold Brian Pillman. That uh, that was, I believe that was real. Uh, that uh, that was only fourteen at the time. However, I actually thought that was real. That that they did that so good. What's that? When um Stone Cold uh, went to Brian Pillman's house and Pillman had the gun. Oh that yeah. Oh sorry. that was Never so mind. good. The Pillman incident was yeah. the first time I ever saw a gun. Yeah. yeah. Austin not that uh, getting arrested for trespassing at least. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why weren't the cops there? When <laughs> he they, broke into a guy's yeah, home. Broke. Yeah. Burglary, trespassing, assault. Um, I mean, Christ, like, there was no cops there for that either, you know what I mean? Like, was Pillman's weapon registered? Like, you know what I mean? Was he was it an unregistered yep. firearm? Like, there were so many laws that were broken. Like, yeah, I forgot. I You know, it's it's hilarious that you bring that up because that was the first time I – that was the first time I saw a gun in yeah. wrestling. Um, and there's actually – my wife and I did a special watch party, watch along – of of the that episode of Monday Night Raw from uh, November of '96, you can find that in the archives over at SoundCloud.com. Twist of fate here by Matt Hardy. That's certainly not anything that's going to cause him to go to prison because that's legal yeah. in wrestling. One, two, oh, yep. kick out. Two, yeah, took him too kick long. out. Yeah, it took him too long to make that cover, and there, up, yep. oh, Kane's sitting up. But yeah, there was a lot. I mean. My goodness, the amount of criminal acts that have taken place in the world of professional wrestling, I don't think there'd be wrestling anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. a lot of people like uh, throwing fire in people's faces, as mentioned before. Oh, yeah, like, you know, but yeah, uh, Undertaker to Paul Bearer, yeah, that uh, ridiculous, yeah, kidnappings, or what about home the, invasions? Yeah, home invasion. What about uh, vandalism, like all the times that guys have spray painted, um. You know, oh, the, yeah, DX, the, yeah. DX, or when yeah. DX pissed on the, the, the motorcycles in the back and that was filmed, <laughs> like, that's vandalism. Why would anybody get arrested there? Like, yeah. We should do a show of all the criminal acts that have taken place in oh, wrestling and why <laughs> none of them were prosecuted yeah. to the fullest extent of the law. Like, that's, that's honestly, I think we're going to do that someday. That they'd, uh, so first we got to study the crime and then we got to study why they weren't prosecuted for the crime. Oh, it was easy. The wrestler wanted their revenge. That's why. So they told the cops, "No way, you're not going to arrest him. I'm going to beat him up." On well, for example, I don't think it's always that. I don't think it's always that easy. Oh. Think, think like for example, Undertaker throwing fire in Paul and Paul Bearer's face. Right? Why did Paul Bearer press charges on the Undertaker? 
You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he burned his face alive, like, yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. No, I get it. Look at this. See? He raped her. Now he's going to make her watch him beat up her boyfriend. Oh, Jesus. Picking up the steel steps because this is no disqualification. And yeah. boom! Ooh, that was a good spot. Yeah, that was. That's that guy's the finish here. Yeah, two, three, oh, and yeah, your right. winner, Matt Hardy over the big red monster. Kind King. of a lame finish, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, it was all right. The um, steps kind of landed in his face. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. No one's arrested there. Oh, that's right. Never mind. I forgot. It's a no disqualification. Is this match. where she's banging at this time in real life? Is she banging Edge at this time? No, because Hardy wasn't. Hardy was um, was injured when that happened. He okay. wasn't on the road when that was going down. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's it, a pretty wild a story, story for another day. <laughs> that's another one. Yeah, too. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. When art imitated life, or life <laughs> yeah. imitated art. Yeah, that was an unfortunate situation. Yeah. But, I mean, it made a star out of Edge. It should have made Matt Hardy a star, in my opinion. But they, it's obviously that's not where they wanted to go. I I couldn't believe, talking about, um, I know in another podcast, we talked about um, Benoit banging woman in, uh, in of course, uh, what should we call it? In, um, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. And, like, their professionalism have a match. Same thing with Edge and Matt Hardy. They, they have the professionalism and have those matches. Yeah. Woo! Well, you know, some of that had to be real. Some of the- oh, of course, <laughs> of course. You could you go back and, and watch if I'm Edge too, I'll go to I'll go to Matt. What uh, I would literally say to him: one of the one of your working punches doesn't have to be a working punch. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't think those guys. Um, they certainly didn't get soft with each other, but I don't think those guys yeah. at the same time also, um, you know, uh, I don't I don't think they were. Um, they were trying to kill each other either. Yeah. You know, because they, they knew that they were going to make money off of it. Um, you think of, um, what, what would be your prediction if uh, Matt Hardy goes in a bar for a drink and then Edge goes in a bar to drink? You think they talk to each other? I heard they're great friends now. Okay. I heard that they've patched things up a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. How about Matt Hardy ha- has a drink, Edge has a drink and they're talking, Lita comes in. You think the boys talk to her? Yeah, I think right. I think I've heard that they've all kind of moved on guys, from it. I actually seen this before, where it's like a guy's dating a girl, cheats on him, and then kind of like like the two guys kind of become friends, but then they blackball the girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear. Yeah, because they don't, they don't want to let the girl get in the, yeah. the way of the friendship. But um, speaking of uh, home records, we have Edge here coming yep. up next against Randy Orton for the Intercontinental Title. You are gonna like this match. Uh, because for me, this was the match of the night watching this pay-per-view. It was a, it was a fantastic match and it made me a fan. I was already a fan of Randy Orton, but it made me a fan of Edge as a singles. Yeah. Cause I wasn't big on Edge in, in singles. I liked Edge and Christian as, actually I wasn't even really big on Edge and Christian as a team. I, I'm not saying they weren't good, but I just didn't. I wasn't a fan of Edge until he, um, uh, did his cash in. That's when I... That's uh, when I became a fan of the him. The first one on Cena? Yeah. 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 No, that's the- I know it was a little, that was more of a little bit of being anti-Cena. Yeah. But, but it was like, when he became Edge the Opportunist, I loved that. I loved that character. Oh, no, he did a great job with that. He ran yeah. with that, and man, I'll tell you, it was. And he did it on The Undertaker, that, that, uh, 
that uh, everyone was, like, like I forget what, what what the Undertaker had to do, but but he went through hell and back to finally win the title, and then Edge catches in on him. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. But this 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 era, I was a big fan. I don't think I was a big fan of either of them, to tell you the truth. But I was a that uh, I became. I became became a big Edge fan after, like, like I said, after after what was that Saint Valentine's Day? What with the cashing? Yeah, no, that was um, uh, New Year's Revolution. Oh, that's right. When he cashed in on Cena after Cena won the uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, Orton. I liked Orton a lot because he reminded me of Tully Blanchard. Like he just had this like cocky, you know, kind of vibe to him that like I I was I thought it was cool. You know, yeah. uh, I was a big Randy Orton fan. Um, I like the evolution character, the, the gimmick. I wasn't a, totally in love with it, but, um, you know, because it was obviously a Four Horsemen ripoff, but they didn't, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a terrible ripoff. We made stars on all three of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Hunter was already a star, yeah. but Batista and Orton, you know, they, they, they were made, I wouldn't say they were made guys, but they were well on their way after their time in evolution. Yeah. Um, yeah, Edge here, um, People liked him, but they weren't like over the moon for him as a singles performer. I will say, um, you know, he's still kind of with that look with the long trench coat, and he still kind of had that like Edge and Christian kind yeah, of look. Even brood a little bit. Him. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like he's still kind of, you know, like that ridiculous looking fake leather jacket, that pleather jacket. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I mean, like I said, I became a fan of him after this match because of his in-ring work because I was enamored with the match and yeah. his his involvement in it. So this is a match that got you uh, get your uh, the edge attention, huh? Yeah, like I I always felt he was good. Don't get me wrong, I didn't think he was bad yeah. or I didn't not like him. Um, I yeah. always liked Gangrel, so, so so I was always kind of intrigued with Reagan Engine Christian. Yeah. And then, uh, and that's another funny one. We were, we were talking, I think it was off the air, but we are talking about heel lead, uh, like faction he- leaders, well, when they split off, like the other two become bigger than like the leader. That's another one right Gangrel's there. Gangrel's a yeah. perfect example <laughs> of that. Yeah, he like did nothing after, um, I mean, he managed the Hardys for a brief bit. But Did then he after, really? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the new brew. Yep, yep, I do remember uh, that. And yep. that didn't last very long. And after the Hardys had that tremendous ladder match with Edge and Christian, that very first tag team ladder match, then they split off from Gangrel, and Gangrel was pretty much a, a virtual nobody after that. Mm. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, sight unseen. Um, here, Randy Orton, the Intercontinental Champion. And th- and Ray Orton had a great year in two thousand and four. You know, think about it for a minute here. He Who, with the with he this start, the um he started the year feuding with Foley, and they and culminating in that match at WrestleMania, that's that that's, Evolution yeah. and the Rock and Sock. Then the month next month he wrestles Mick Foley in that hardcore match that really made him into a star. Yeah. Um, and then. He's got this match with Edge. He wins the world title against Benoit the next month at SummerSlam. Um, and then he closes out the year working with Triple H. I mean, like, Randy Orton, man, was just like, he, he was on a roll. Yeah, 2004, you know, yeah. Definitely. It was a good year for Randy Orton. I would agree. And he wasn't even at his best. You know what I mean? Like, that's the strange part. It's like, he wasn't even, he wasn't, he hadn't even peaked yet. Yeah. You know? Like, 
people can say what they want about Orton and, you know, the, the, the stories that they've heard and, you know, he's entitled and this, that, and the other. But he's, he's fucking good. I don't care what oh, anybody absolutely. says. And, and he's yeah. another one of those guys that, like, when we go to Money in the Bank, I hope he's a part of one of those matches, like the ladder match, because he does, he performs real well. I wouldn't hate AJ Styles or in part two. I wouldn't mind seeing that Ooh, either if, if that happens. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, by the time this, by the time this podcast drops, I'm sure Money in the Bank will have already, um, the, the card will have already been formulated. Yeah. But, um. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, I, I think I think because Hartford has hasn't had a pay per view in so long, I think the crowd's going to be pretty jazzed up um, for money. I couldn't believe when you said 2004. Yeah, Hartford has held. No, I've been to television and live events at the yeah. Civic Center, but Hartford has only held um, pay per view on a handful of occasions. The Survivor Series 1990 being the first. Yeah. Um, then after that, they held, uh, WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We know. had a WrestleMania. I know. <laughs> it is wild, but it was that time in the business when like, it was 95. Yeah. It's, well, were, the cards sucked. Yeah. They weren't doing stadium shows, you know, yeah. God, no, they couldn't fit a fraction of that into a stadium. Um, and then, uh, after 95, um, they would, you know. And throughout the course of these times, like, they would sprinkle in television and live events. So, um, after the WrestleMania in 95, the next pay-per-view they got was, um, was, uh, um, No Way Out 2000, which we kind of talked about yep. earlier, um, with Cactus Jack and Triple H and the Hell in the Cell. That was my first pay-per-view I ever went to. And then, after that, there was, there was this event. There was this pay-per-view. So, they've only had... Four pay-per-views. I just find it so hard to believe. Yeah. Only, 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 I only say that because we at least get one or two Raws a year, you know what I mean? Yeah. You think you, know, you associate that with a pay-per-view here and there. I, I would imagine it's got to do with like how well ticket sales have, you know, uh, had had gone in in this market. You know, at this time, like I said, 7,000 people went to the show, but not everyone was watching WWE at this time in 2004. Yeah. And the the roster wasn't exactly... For 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 Raw wasn't you know setting the world on fire you know maybe if it was a dual branded show and it was you know Raw and SmackDown maybe they would have had a, a better attendance I don't think they would have sold out but I think they would have probably you know sold a few thousand more tickets I think they probably would have broke ten thousand for yeah. this event but I just remember sitting in the crowd and looking up and seeing how like they tarped off the majority of the top bowl of the Civic Center and. Um, they dim the lights, like you can kind of see up there in the corner. Um, so, how, so obviously, when you're oh my god, I just saw the tarp, like you said. That, that, that uh, so, so obviously, if you had tickets to that, you got upgraded. But how does it how does it make you feel when you get like really really good seats? You're at a baseball game, hockey game, wrestling event. Yeah. You get really good seats, and all of a sudden you see all these people getting ushered down. They're like almost like your section. They pay twenty bucks where you pay two hundred. Yeah. Doesn't that rub you off the wrong way a little bit? Uh, I, I would probably. I mean, I've never had. I've never experienced anything like that. I have. I've been. I've been the person that gets upgraded. I have. But been, granted, I've been in there too, and I, know, of course, I'm living the dream. Yeah, exactly. I'm living the dream. I can yeah. give a shit what, what the other person just paid. Um, but yeah, they—I've uh, never experienced that where I've paid a boatload of money and I see someone, you know, who paid twenty-five bucks come yeah. sit next to me. I've been on both sides of the spectrum, and I gotta say that, that, that uh, I feel different. I'm on both, and I'm on different sides of the spectrums when it happens. It's funny that that uh, 
that uh, and uh, once upon a time, uh, just totally non wrestling related, that that uh, I saw this guy in a parking lot in Providence where he's like, I paid for these three spots. And, like, those two cars didn't get towed, blah, 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 blah. It was, like, a rich guy or whatever. Yeah. And then once upon a time, I got associated out of the month. And, and, and then at a time where you're not really, it was taboo to park in our, our, our garage as an associate. So, I got associated in a month. And it said big letters, so like, like a sign that says associate in a month parking only. Someone parked in my, my spot. I freaked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, so, so, like, so, like, so, so, I guess with me, when good things happen to me, I go for the ride. But when I think good things happen to other people, when it's like, when, when, when and, and I like, I don't know how to explain it, where, where I'm like, jealous. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I get, I, I get a little jealous or mad or something. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I paid 200 for these fuckers, and these guys paid 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of when we got upgraded at that WrestleMania in Detroit, the worst WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> 23. 23, yeah. We, we were upgrading our seats from the, 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 the risers to like four, four out of the nine seats on the floor. And um, we didn't get to take home one of those commemorative chairs, but we were praying. We were hoping we were going to, but yeah. we were just like, holy shit, we're going to get the floor, we're going to get the floor, we're going to get the floor, we're on the floor, oh my god, we're going to get a chair, we're going to get a chair. No. <laughs> but still, man. But it was still, it was great. Did anyone give you the evil eye or anything like that? The only person that gave me the evil eye was the fucking beer vendor, and he was an asshole. Because <laughs> I'll never forget, I, I bought a beer to start the show, yeah. and, you know, the guy was fucking rude. He was like... He was like, come on, man, hurry up. There's other people who want beer. I'm trying to get the money out of my wallet. Yeah. And I go to give it to him, and then he was like, tip. I was like, excuse me? He's like, the tip. He's like, I'll keep the change. I'm like, you got some fucking nerve. Now I can yeah. take my change. You ain't getting shit. You know? That was the only person that gave me the evil eye for sitting on the floor. And after that, he, after that, I, I, well, I, didn't get a, I didn't get any more beer because yeah. I knew he wasn't going to come to me after I basically told him to go fuck himself because he was an asshole. I would have given him a tip if he said if he didn't say anything. You know? I didn't know that. Though. Seriously, like the like the um, the guys that do like the um, I always go over the counter, but like the guys who like Ben who go around beer here, beer here, con candy here. You're supposed to like, tip them. I don't no no I don't think so. Um, to be quite honest with you, um, he was probably just kind of trying to make some extra money because it was a big event. This is in Detroit too, so okay. like, I don't know what the who knows. Maybe maybe the maybe the the, the concessions. Is different, I just didn't but. know. I I'm a bartender server, so 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 so, so, so anyone who's kicking out too. Who, who does vending or whatever? RuPaul's a tip. Leave a comment because because I like to be whatever uh, etiquette, proper yeah. etiquette. Well, we'll find, I just never knew that. We'll find out when the when the when the beer vendor comes gotcha. <laughs> at our seats at Money in the Bank. But um, yeah, Money in the Bank. I we talked about the Money in the Bank a little bit um, on one of our uh, the on the uh, the the Mania Mount Rushmore show. Yeah. Um, and you weren't a big fan of the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Um. See, I the funny thing is, I was a huge fan of the Intercontinental Champion ladder matches at WrestleMania. I just like they were good. Like, like, like I love the spot where I, I we talked about this a million times, Dave. But I love the spot where where uh, uh, MVP botches that the power bomb. Sean Benjamin, yeah. gets so mad that he just power bombs him over the top rope. Yeah, for some reason, I don't think. Uh, MVP agreed to that spot. No, but, uh, no, yeah, who knows? I mean, it, 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 you could tell the frustration on uh, on uh, Shelton Benjamin's voice. 
When, well, uh, yeah, I'm just saying some of those matches are, are really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that 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 uh, I never once said they were they were shite. Uh, that that uh, yeah. But I thought I thought that the the, the two icy icy uh, uh, intercontinental champion uh, ladder matches dwarfed, in my opinion, the uh, the money in the bank ones. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly in the banks that like, you know. Hold a, hold a special place in my heart. Um, the first one, you know, that I've ever seen in person was the one at 23 when Kennedy won. I really enjoyed that match. Um, and uh, actually, this is this won't be the first Money in the Bank event I've been to. I went and saw Money in the Bank in 2014 in Boston with my wife. Um, who, won, who won the uh, Money in the Bank? Uh, Seth Rollins. Oh, that's a good one. That was the year that he won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. Um, and that was... It was an interesting story surrounding that event. So um, my buddy um, uh, Tony, who is uh, who does a podcast on the uh, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, Cool Down with AC. Uh, at the time, he had a friend that worked in the ticket department in WWE, so he used to get the hookup for some tickets. So he got um, he got some tickets for Money in the Bank, and uh, his daughter Jasmine, who's going to be in college soon. Um, she went and we brought my stepson Anthony and his friend. Well, there was an issue with the tickets and they couldn't get all the seats. So um, my wife and I were like, oh, well, we'll just let Anthony go with his friend and we'll just see how much tickets are on you know, the secondary market. So um, the best seats that were available for what we had for money, we paid like $180 for these two cheap seats. Like, and it was not good. We could hardly, we were sitting almost behind the, the, the screen. And buck know? 80, that's still a good, good amount of cheddar for both tickets or one? For both. Okay. But well, none pop, from yeah, where okay. we were sitting, like it wasn't right. the best in Boston. So anyhow, long story short, we, we decide, we order the tickets through our phone and then we decide to, to see if like somebody can print the tickets out. Um, and, uh, the, um, the first off the, the first ticket office says, no, we can't do it. Cause if we do it for you, we got to do it for everyone. Yep. So then, um, we get, in the, we get to another ticket office and that's in the T in Boston and, um, we're waiting in line and all of a sudden some guy comes out of the men's room. He's like, someone hurry and help. There's a guy that's passed out on the bathroom floor. And my wife is, has, uh, She's a certified EMT. She's got her license. And she had just literally graduated from the class like a few months prior. And so um, she, you know, as, a, as an EMT and you're a civil servant, you have to respond to, a, okay. to an emergency. You know, it's just like a code of ethics. So she runs into the bathroom. I'm like, well, I'm going with her. You know, who knows what's yeah, in the Absolutely. Fucking, who's, knows in the absolutely. Fucking, <laughs> who knows what's in the fucking men's room? You know yeah. what I mean? So... We get we we, we 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 get in there and this poor guy, um, you know, pants down around his ankles, passed out, um, and he's got a needle in his arm. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you know, junkie, unfortunately. Yeah. And so my wife, you know, adrenaline pumping, calm as can be, gets down and yeah. starts, you know, chest chest compressions and trying to revive him. He did not have a pulse, and. Um, Speak, oh, there's a pulse right there. Randy Orton kicking out at two. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended <laughs> with Edge in this in this great matchup for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, so long story short, she's she's trying to revive him, and there's a guy that's like you know crying and like you know nervous because you know he's the one that found this guy yeah. in the stall. 
I said, do you know the guy? And he's like, no, I don't know the guy. Um, he goes, but, you know, I called 911, and, you know, he's on the phone with the police, and um, as he's crying, and he's trying to explain this to me, and so I'm, like, playing security, trying to make sure that, like, people in the bathroom, like, or people aren't coming into the bathroom while yeah. she's trying to save this guy's life. And my stepson um, and his friend, you know, Anthony and his friend, they tried to come in the bathroom. I said, no, you guys don't need to be in here. Go take a walk. Yeah. And so... Um, at one point, I was getting nervous because I was afraid of what was going to happen if she couldn't save his life. Okay. And so I, I was stepping out of the Look, bathroom. What do you mean? I, didn't, I, I was getting nervous for her because okay. I, this guy had no pulse. He was unconscious, and she was trying to, yeah. to, to revive him. And you know, she had just graduated as an EMT. If she didn't save his life, I know how upset and disappointed she would be. Oh, I'll give it to you. And at the gotcha. same time, I'm yeah. also watching this man die yeah. in front of me. And it was just a nervous feeling. So I had to, like, stick my head out of the bathroom every once in a while while she was doing this. Long story short, she revives him, saves his life. Fucking nuts. You know? And then... You ever think, how long do you think he was out? (sighs) Fuck, it felt like forever, but I'd say maybe a couple of minutes. Okay. And um, he gets up. Or no, the guy's still on the ground. All of a sudden, the fire department, the EMT, show up. And unfortunately, this guy... This isn't the first time he had done this because the EMT was like, George, not again. You did this a month ago. What the heck, man? And so when I think of the Money in the Bank event I went to, that's yeah. one of the memories I have is that my wife saved some guy's life in the bathroom. That's in the, amazing. In the, in, the, in the TD garden, you know, and I was so I'm, so, I'm still proud of her to this day yeah. that she did that. Like, you know, to be able to be calm under pressure like that, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, to, so how do you get the? By the way, how do you get the uh, tickets printed? Oh, so those are this. <laughs> so yeah, no, they're glad you brought that. Yeah. Up. So the so the guy that was in the bathroom that called on the phone to the police. Yeah. He was all nervous, and apparently he must have hung up on them by accident because he was like, "The cops aren't showing up." Yeah. And the phone kept ringing, and. He was like, it's an. It was like a a a, a blocked number. It was the cops calling him yeah. back because he hung up. Yeah. So, security, a security guard in the garden walked by, and I was like, "Hey, man, like you need to call the police or the ambulance. This guy's passed out. My wife's an EMT. Yeah. She's trying to revive him." And the guy was just like, "Okay, cool. I'll get on it." Like real, like matter of factly, like yeah. you know, I thought like. You know, we would see like a sense of urgency in his in his presence and his demeanor. Nope, not at all. He just got up and he walked out and he was like, "All right, I'll go call him." So, she saves his life, and then um, the security guard says, "You know, thank you so much," and he thanked my wife, and he was like, "You know, wow, it's a it's a great thing that you were able to save his life." You know, um, I said, "I said, okay, man." So since you know my wife did this, I go, "You need to print out those tickets for yeah. me." <laughs> He was like, you know what? He goes, you made my day a hell of a lot easier by doing that. We didn't, because I guess like if the cops weren't there soon enough and the and the ambulance yeah. weren't there soon enough, then the security would have had to have like filed a report and they got to go through all this paperwork, you know, that the building security does. So um, he was like, you made my life a lot easier. I was like, yeah, you have less paperwork to fill out, so you could print those tickets out for me. So, so my rebuttal question would be, David, so he, printed, he printed the tickets out for us, which was, you know, we got in the building, but like. Man, it was crazy. Like our adrenaline was pumping, and like you know, like I said, to, to this day, 
Um, when I think of Money in the Bank in 2014, like I obviously think of like yep. the, the time I, the fun time I had the event. But first thing that comes to mind is my wife saving that guy's life. And I'm assuming that it was, was I, mean, I should be assuming, but was that the first time you ever brought her to a wrestling event? No, we went to a couple beforehand. Okay. Um, I brought her to. Uh, Don't get mixed. I'm sorry. I'm getting your wife and Laura mixed up. Oh, Justin's wife. Yeah, Justin's, yeah, yeah. yeah, Justin's fiance. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think she's been to one of those. No, I don't yet. think so either. That's why yeah. I asked that question. But I'm like, I'm getting just confused. Now my wife's been to a few of them. Yep. She used she used to watch them before she met me, and my stepson used to watch before you know I came into the picture. But um, you know, originally for Money in the Bank, before you know, you you came into the picture with the tickets, um, I was going to bring her. But you know when. Um, you know the situ- you know the situation arose, and she said, "No, you go have fun with the guys. You know, you you do you go do your thing. You know, I I do my stuff with the girls. You go do your stuff with the guys. So, uh, you know, that's why I love my wife. You know, because she she rec- yeah. <laughs> she recognizes stuff like that, which is which is really cool. Um, yeah, certainly that nobody was dead in this match in terms of like the crowd participation. I just remember being like, you know." on the edge of my seat with these two here. We've kind of talked over this match a little bit, yep. but um, this has been a really good match between two That was guys a good who... story, though. That was a damn good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Orton and Edge here, you know, the the, the future of WWE at this time. In, in, Pretty in, much. In 2004. They were, they were really grooming these guys to be a, a big players, and they eventually would, you know, not only against each other, but as a team as well. Uh, rated RKO. What did you think of them as a tag? Oh, they were good. Yeah, they were good. I loved them. I loved Radio. They were okay. good. Yeah, yep. Orton and Edge just had this like cool factor to them. I totally like, forgot about Radio RKO. They, they were good. Yeah. Oh, I loved them. I loved the team, and the leader was a part of the package too. And you know, they had the, yeah. the the rivalry with DX, and that stuff was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Yeah. Now this is the the part of the match. Oh, I'm trying to think. So. Randy Orton was what fourteen time champ now, something like that. Thirteen or fourteen, I, I think. I was just thinking, I was thinking between the both of them, they got to win. That's that's twenty championships right there. You got to figure him and Edge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, like <clears throat> people have gone, people have gone crazy over like Cena tying Flair's record, and I think personally. At this rate, there's a chance Orton could break it. See, I think the opposite. I think that I think the WWE acknowledged that that way. Guys, he's so close to Flair. I think he, they slowed down that train big time. Like when was the last time? Seriously, Orton? I know. I know. I think that I, I was gonna say. When was the last time he was champion? I guess um, it was Bray Wyatt, right? Bray Wyatt. He beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. That that that. Uh, that, uh, I don't think I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares to, either to, to to have that record. But I don't know. Part of me feels like I think so- that's why I kind of like I want because it it would mean more to John Cena. I, I think it means a lot to John Cena to break that record. Uh, that that uh, and I don't think it means nothing to Randy Orton. Randy Orton just wants to respect the business. I think and don't get me wrong. I think Cena respects the business and all that other stuff. But kind of like you know you know that story where it's like you know you know you know that story was like. Like, like these uh, like two people want the same item, and then the medium person goes, oh, I'll just cut it in half. And one person's like, yeah, cut it in half. And the other person's like, no, no, it's too precious. You know, don't cut it in half. 
So they give it to that person. I think Randy Orton's more on the, the side of the spectrum where it's like, don't cut it in half, just leave it be. You know what I mean? That, 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 that's why That's why there was somebody to break it. I would pick Orton over Cena any day of the week, and I mean that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this time, uh, you know, in 2004, um, you know, the funny thing is that, like, you know, these two, the match that they had, like, before it was announced that it was going to be Orton and Benoit for the title at SummerSlam, Orton wasn't anywhere near the title picture. He was doing this stuff with Edge. Yeah. And once they had this great match, I remember that leaving that night, and I think I said it to one of my brothers, and I just said, I hope they have a rematch at SummerSlam. Like, it was that good. Like, it was. it's one of my favorite matches I've ever watched in person. Um these two just they, they they tore it up, man. They really did. Um, like I said, this was the first time that I I bought into Edge as a singles wrestler um, because he was to me he was good, but like I don't know. I felt like he needed that like breakout performance in a singles role. He's had the breakout performances in tag teams with yeah. Christian and all those ladder matches that they did, but you know he was gone for a while. He was gone for about a year before this. Um, he had had neck surgery and he came back not too long after WrestleMania in 2004 and he was just kind of floating around and bouncing around and, uh, they stuck him in there with Orton and Orton was red hot too. And they just, they made magic, man. They really did. Yeah. These two, these two, you know, they, they, they tore the house down, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's it's sad that you know Edge had to you know his career was cut short with injuries because um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed his stuff as a singles. What's sad to me is I didn't I wasn't always the, a big fan of Edge, but I was becoming a huge fan of Edge at the the, uh, the right when is uh, right before his retirement, and then like they retires. I felt really one of those things where it's kind of like. And now I go back in the WWE archives. I watch all his matches and all this. Don't whatnot. know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or even worse yet, I didn't like. I'd be oh, it's an edge match. Let's make popcorn. You know what I mean? I was that type of guy. Yeah. I always felt like I like miss half his stuff. You know, because being a hater. That 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 uh, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like. Like uh, there's like a good video game out there, yeah. And you keep on saying, "I'm gonna play it, I'm gonna play it, I'm gonna play it," and you never get to play it. It's like too late. You're like, you know, you're three systems behind now. Yeah. That's what I kind of feel about Edge with me. I'll be honest with you. I kind of have a similar feeling um, when it comes to Bruiser Brody. So like you saw that 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 video I posted on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, with the the documentary, so I watched that documentary, and where, it was. Did you watch it? Yet? No. Where, where where did where is that? Uh, it's on YouTube. It's from. It's called uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the Bruiser okay. Brody story. Um, it was made Viceland, the the, the, the network uh, Viceland uh, produced it, and um, it's on that page that you liked on the, the pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I saw anything Bruiser Brody. I'm gonna pro like. wrestling edge. Okay, so you yeah. gotta watch that documentary. Yeah. Okay, so I watched it, and um, I was like, what the. From the beginning, when they were describing him as his, as his character and the impact he had on the business in the the seventies and early eighties, um, internationally, like it makes me want to go back and watch some of that older stuff because I was just fascinated, uh, like him as a performer, and then of course the story being told, you know, of how he had died and the the circumstances surrounding that, yeah. like holy cow! Granted, I wasn't 
Um, nice counter by Orton here from that sun from that cross body by Edge off the top rope. Oh, right there, finger to the eye, textbook, textbook Roddy Piper right there. But um, when it comes to Brody, I was like, after watching that last night, I was just like, wow, like I wish I was, I wish I was old enough to 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 grow up during that era. You know what I mean? I'm a few years younger, and um, I only know who Bruiser Brody was through the magazines and maybe watching, like, some stuff in world class. But for the most part, I didn't grow up on Brody, obviously, with you know his run in Puerto yep. Rico, his stuff in Japan. So, yeah, when you get a chance, go check it out, man. What, that, what, year, what year did he get stabbed? 86, 87? 88. 88, shoot. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, so... My first introduction to Brother Brody was after his death, and it was a steel cage match against Lex Luger. When he walked oh, out of the hilarious. cage, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a yeah. classic on YouTube. He walked out of the cage because he didn't like working with Luger because Luger was yep. very very inexperienced, and then when uh, poor Luger, you know, he's just he's trying to do the best he can, and you know, Brody got the short end of the stick. Nice. I always like that DDT from Edge, that like. Nate. Jumping DDT. That was his finisher for, for a hot for second, a while, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. called it the edge-ocution or something yep. like yep, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly what it was. Something stupid yep. like that. Or the edge-o-matic or some bullshit. That you, no, the edge-o-matic, I think it was like when he dropped you on the back and he grabbed... He, grabbed by the head from behind. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And the legs popped up. So yep, exactly. The legs. Yeah, okay, yep. yeah. No, you're right. You're, actually, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, this match is getting hot and heavy now. Um, it was the only thing that pissed me off. About about Edge was his finisher. Everyone had a spear, and it cracked me up that you could watch you could watch an event that had three spear finishers at one time. Oh, I hate that everyone uses the same moves now. Like I like I hate that. Look at that feet on the ropes. Edge still kicking out. Um, I hate that everyone uses a super kick. Yeah, okay? the Usos, the Young Bucks, Dolph Ziggler, Shawn Michaels. Everyone uses a super kick. It's yep. annoying. You know, Rusev uses a super kick for Christ's sake. Like I hate it. I fucking hate it. I love super. I love the super kick when Shawn Michaels used to deliver it, but I fucking hate that everyone uses it. Yeah. Um, the DDT was my favorite finishing move of all time. Jake the Snake looked like he killed guys with the DDT, and nice counter by Orton. I don't um, know the full origins of the DDT, the DDT, but Jake Roberts has mentioned that it came up from screwing up a headlock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, front face lock, and yeah. he like slipped and fell, and then it turned into a move. Look at this. Nice counter from that RKO into a backslide by Edge. Two kick out. Yeah, this crowd's pumped. Yeah, we yeah, trust me. Back and forth. I was, like I said, on the edge of my seat yeah. at this point. And every, if you're live, you want to see a title change. Well, you just, I mean, for me, I just wanted to see a good match. Oh, the exposed turnbuckle. And there we see the spear right there. One, two, three. Your winner and new Intercontinental Champion at Vengeance 2004, Edge. Um, Little did we know, he, it was just him just uh, lifting the title so he could be world champion at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Exa- yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that at that time. I didn't yeah. think that, you know, Orton was going to be in the title picture. But um, back to my point. Um, yeah, the finishing moves, everyone uses the same move. The DDT, like Jake Roberts used to, like that was the end. When you got hit with the DDT, you were done. Yeah. You know? Now everyone does a DDT and it's a transition move. It's not even a high spot anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's. A, it's I see people do the DDT when they when they're hanging from like the top, uh, like the top rope and they kick out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't stand that. 
And I, I like the spear, like you said, too. Goldberg had it. Edge had it. Rhino had it. Everyone's got a spear now, you know? Like, I, I just... There's certain things, like, individuality is lacking in wrestling when it comes to guys with moves. And the other thing that, that really bothers me, too, is the overuse of false finishes. Guys kicking out of other guys' finishing yeah. moves. Like, that, like... That drives me nuts. Like the main event, that's okay, but like the mid cards, a finisher should just be the finish. But like everyone's doing it, it's just you know. I get you're trying to, I get it's a different time and a different era. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not trying to be an old curmudgeon here by any means, but um, man, it's just it's 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 no, too much, you know. I'm like, with you. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at WrestleMania in 2009, you know. It was borderline almost too much, but they did it so well that, like, you were, like, enamored. Like, that's what makes that match so special is because of all the false finishes. But ever since that moment, everyone does it now. Everyone kicks out of everyone's finisher. There's 18 false finishes. This guy kicks out. It's just, it's a lot. It's too much. You know, like, like I said, individuality lacking in wrestling and, you know, the false finishes as well just being, you know, way too much here. You know. Because that was, what, the only time Edge hit the spear in the match? And he did it to win. You know, he didn't have to hit the spear five more times. You yeah. know, he did it once. Orton, I don't even think, hit the RKO in the match. You know what I mean? Nope. You know, they told a great story there without having to 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 use each other's finishers to to get to the high spot, you know? Yeah. Just way too much. But, um... Or at least, I mean, and, and I'll tell you right now, if I was a wrestler, I could, I would go to anybody and be like, look, if I was a star, at least. If I was a star wrestler, I would say I would say I'll I'll put you over, but we're not doing my finisher. We're not doing my finisher. If you're going over, we're not using my finisher. What you're you're not gonna take your own finisher is what you're saying? You're not gonna let the guy use the finisher? No, no, I'm saying say we're not doing my finisher. Uh, like I'm not gonna do my finisher to you. You're not kicking out. Oh, okay. I'll put you over. I'll absolutely put you over. Okay. Uh, but 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 the finish and my finisher. That's it. It's meant to be a finish. Or once a year, people holy shit, they kicked out of the finisher. No one kicks out of that that, that one a one a year pop. You know that okay. that, that uh, but that they, I would see that drives me crazy when people kick, kick out of finishers. It's too much. It's yeah. way too much. It's overdone. I can't stand it. You know, <laughs> and and I can't believe more people don't protect don't protect their own finishers. It boggles my mind. Yeah. Up next here we have a. Uh, this is the this is the popcorn match, uh, before the main event, <laughs> as uh, Molly Holly sporting the uh, the chin strap wig. I, th- I give her credit for one thing, man. That takes a lot of balls for a woman to shave her head. Did I tell you the story about that? No, I don't think so. I, I know I've told it on. I may, maybe I've told it on this show, but um, so apparently um, they had no plans to do anything with the women's champion. At WrestleMania, Molly was the women's champion at the time, and they had no they had no plans um, to do uh, a match. Victoria, she was a hot little number. I liked her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very underrated, beautiful. Oh, not only that, but her yeah. skill too in the ring. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That that, that I know people knew her as a performer, but people didn't see her like a, this beautiful woman. Oh yeah. Uh, I definitely think she's a beautiful. Well, granted, actually, maybe I'm. I, I don't know, but at least when she was a wrestler, people didn't view as a beautiful woman. Before that, she was a fitness pile, so I think maybe... But anyway, you get what I'm trying to say. No, I got you. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. You, you, you're recognizing her, yeah. her her beauty absolutely, all around. I, I totally understand it. Um, so Molly was the women's champion, um, and Molly um, 
went to management and said, are there any plans for me to do something with the title at WrestleMania? They were like, no, we don't have enough room on the card. And so the only women's match they were doing was um, like the, the lingerie match with oh, um, Tori Wilson and Sable against Stacey Keebler and um, I forget who the other girl was, uh, Jackie. Okay. Um, Jackie Gaeta, the one who was married to Charlie Haas. Oh, right. I thought uh, you meant Jet Smith. Like, yeah, no, yeah. yeah that's, why I, that's why I wanted to clarify because I didn't know if you would remember. Yeah. And so Molly pitched the idea of what if I put the title on the line and if I lose, I have to shave my head. And they were like, you'll do that? And she was like, yeah, I'll do it. As long as I can get on the WrestleMania card, I'll do it. And they uh, they agreed to it. So she wrestled Victoria, this, this, this woman here. Um, at WrestleMania, and they shaved her head. She agreed to do it. it so um, I just think that just took so much gall. I really do. Hey, man, you do it. You know what? Like I, I applaud her for 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 pitching the idea. Um, obviously, self, she did it selfishly. You know, to to gain notoriety oh, and a spot on the WrestleMania card. Yeah, she didn't like, do it for free. That's what, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure they compensated her yeah. and took care of her. You know what I mean? She was third to. She was. She was fourth to last on a, it was a 12 match card. Yep. So she was fourth to last on that card. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that they compensated her, um, you know, handsomely, um, with a nice little extra in the envelope. Uh, but yeah, this, um, this match here, uh, you know, just kind of a filler match until we get to the main event. They kind of addressed the issue that, you know, Victoria beat her and shaved her head at WrestleMania. Yeah. But, um, I just remember, this, you know, I mean, women's wrestling wasn't bad with these two, but I just remember it wasn't, when you don't treat it important or treat it as a focal point of the show, then you're you're risking the majority of the audience not caring about it either. That's a good point. And so they didn't treat it like it was important. So therefore, I didn't care for it, and I probably went to use the bathroom and maybe go get something at the merchandise stand before this match started, you know, before the main event. Yeah. Like, I really feel like, you know... If you present it with importance, then the audience is going to care. As and well. I don't think this was a lot of people think it's oh, uh, it's the viewers' fault for like not being in, 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 like not, not like you know they, for for them to you know take the piss break, go up to get the merchandise and all that other stuff. No, that that was not a viewer or fans' fault. That was a WWE giving us a boring freaking product when it comes to female wrestling. Yeah, yeah. No, they they were yeah they were. Um... Like I said, they, these girls can go. It's it's, it's sad, but that, but 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 that uh, it, it was just weird. That, like like you would have these like like this good match here, but yeah. but but then the majority of the exposure of women's wrestling is Stacy Keebler, you know, lingerie match. Tori Wilson, yeah. yeah. There was, you know, it was during a period of time where women's athletics wasn't seen in a high regard like it is now. Yeah. You know, where, you know, obviously we saw with WrestleMania, um, the the women headlining um you know being a first um which i do think they deserved uh, i'm not going to say that they didn't. i think it did absolutely deserved it i just think it was the wrong i know it sounds it just get it i think it was more like they wanted to get it out of the way blah 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 and, and they picked the right girls and all that other stuff they just picked the wrong year kofi kicks in daniel bryan had a way more interesting story way better match and a way better moment 
That should have been our main event. I mean, yeah, that's that's all in hindsight. But you're talking to Mister Mister Women's Wrestling. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. And, I know that's that's a, that's 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 a surprise coming from you. Yeah, because you. No, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad. I'm glad, but it was just the wrong year. It really was. If Kofi, they should have used common sense. If if the common sense thing was to have the woman main event, then that's your main event. But obviously. Our everybody's everyone's favorite moment of WrestleMania was Kofi won. All right, so let me ask you this: because it was a sixteen match card, they put Kofi on halfway through the show. Kofi and Daniel Bryan were halfway through the show. There yep. was still there was still a good chunk of matches left after that. If they put Kofi and Bryan on second to last before um, before the girls match, would you still feel the same way? Uh, absolutely, I really, really? do. Okay. I actually would probably. That's where they, they were really smart. That they they, 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 they spread it out. They spread it out. If Kofi was second and last, we would have shit on that women's match even more than we already. Or that the most fans have That's already a good been point doing too. That that, that uh, at least it was, it's, I think they spaced it out well. To but still, I don't know. Man. No, you make a good point because you know what that match. Um, the, the the energy from Kofi winning sucked the air out of that stadium because up next was up after that was um, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio and that was like a yep. one minute squash but then there was uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and nobody cared about that match I was and those stunned were two great performance I was actually stunned man. I thought I thought I thought we would get the the you, you know uh, trumping leukemia I I popped I did I'd be the first one to admit I popped when Roman won yeah that that uh, my by far, he's not my favorite wrestler, but 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 that um, is is so like my mother is a is a breast cancer survivor, and I bet you everybody who's listening to this show is touched by cancer one way or the other. Yeah, and and I really thought with that Roman Reigns was gonna get that be like the, you know the conquering hero, you know that he, and he did it. I was stunned. His reaction like that that, that silent crowd really stunned me. Yeah. Um... I, I I heard that there was a fight in the audience too, and that was another reason why a lot of the the, the attention was diverted. But yeah, um, speaking of diverted, uh, you know, we've diverted our attention from uh, from this match here, um, as uh, Victoria and Molly Holly doing a great job here as we reach the finish. Uh, I I don't like that finish. The, the the widow's peak is beautiful. Why could I wish they finished it with? And she went peak. with a super kick. Yeah, super kick. Talked <laughs> about it earlier. Went with a super kick. Yeah. So um, yeah, your winner of this match, Victoria. Like yeah. I said, I was probably um, at the concession stands or in the bathroom, <laughs> um, you know, waiting for the main event to roll around here. Um, Molly Holly with that chin strap wig, and I liked how Molly like really like played up the. Um, you know, being embarrassed about her look. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, the the different color wigs, and she really capitalized on it. You know, she's married to uh, uh, Charles Robinson, referee Charles Robinson. Which one, Molly Holly? Yeah. No way. Yep. Yep, she's married to Charles Robinson. Um, been married for quite a while. He is. Or, he, uh, I, I don't know if, ref, has any referee made it yet in the Hall of Fame? No. Obviously, if if um, Hepner hasn't gone in yet, then he won't. But but after they they open that can of worms, Charles Robson has a bunch of chance to get in the Hall of Fame. I oh, believe. I'm that. sure there's a lot of referees. Yeah, Joey Morella, uh, Earl Hebner, um, Danny Davis. I'd put Nick Patrick in from WCW. Was, it, was Joey Morella the one that died in the car accident? Yeah, yeah, he needs to get in. Yeah, yeah, and then we see uh, the the 
history between Triple H and uh, Chris Benoit from uh, WrestleMania. As uh, you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, before thinking about doing this 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 watch party, this watch along, um, I probably was I was gonna try and avoid covering this because of the the, the controversy surrounding Benoit, um, but you know. I'm not the damn WWE, and I'm not the WWE Network, so like I'm not going to ignore some things from history, but I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to, um, to celebrate Chris Benoit either. Um, but you know, it, this us doing this was significant because I was at this event, and this is the last time Hartford had a pay per view, and we're going to be going on Money in the Bank, and you know it's going to be held in Hartford, so I just wanted to kind of you know have everything come full circle and Benoit just happened to be a part of this, um, th this event here and in, in the main event against triple H. But, um, you know, before we talk to talk about the more controversial stuff regarding Chris Benoit, um, you know, you mentioned it at the beginning of the program, how you were, um, you, you weren't sure, um, you know, that Benoit was going to win the, um, the, the match at WrestleMania. What did you think of his run following WrestleMania? They 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 would do a rematch between him and Jer uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H at Backlash. He would have a series of matches with Kane. At one point, I think he was a tag team champion with Edge um, against La Resistance, um, which then leads us to uh, you know this rivalry here with Triple H. What did you think of Benoit's run as the world champion in WWE? Well, it was short, obviously. Yeah. That that. Uh... But the matches that we got were were really good. Mm -hmm. That that uh, that uh, I just I just wish that, that they could have made it a little bit longer. Uh, that uh, granted, I'm assuming that, that they probably had planned for him to be the champion uh, for apparently apparently too that 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 weekend you know where when it happened they were going to crown him the ECW champion. That's right. I heard uh, that. That yeah. that, uh, that uh, so 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 I, I 2020. Uh, like you know, hindsight. in hindsight, I just wish this current title run was a m much lengthier. That, that that at least have them. Okay, so WrestleMania, what is early April, late late March, late March, early April. And yeah. That that uh, and then SummerSlam uh, is what August. What's that? Four months? Yeah, about four months for the title. That sucks. I don't know. Especially back then, they went where where people had their titles for a year or two years sometimes. Not in this era. This era, you had a few, right? this era, Maybe you had a right. few months. You know, we're talking like I don't know. I just thought for for someone that is that good, that I thought that was way too short. And then to have a guy that really was a transitional champion at the time, Randy Orton. You know what I mean? He, he dropped it just to give it to Triple H. Yeah, I didn't like that. Like, it, all right, I liked it that Orton beat Benoit at SummerSlam, but I didn't like it that it was like you said transition, so that he could, so that Hunter could beat Orton. You know, like, I didn't like that at all. I was not a fan of that. And I just thought that Benoit, um, if Benoit was going to lose it, lose it to, I wouldn't have had him have a problem losing it to Hunter because at least, you know, you lose, he lost it to the guy that beat him and yeah. they were going to keep the belt on Hunter for a while. But they kept the belt on, ben, or on Orton for a month. And then we got this, you know, we got Hunter holding the title. Um, so... Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. The transitional thing just didn't, you know, in hindsight wasn't the best. Yeah. But um this was interesting, like I said, Triple H kinda taking advantage of Eugene and uh you know, manipulating him to, to, to help him uh, 
get the championship. What, um, Eugene Ori in the ring or something? I see someone crawling around in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he was in there or not. Yeah. I think he, I, I know Eugene makes a cameo during this match. I just yeah. don't know, just don't remember when. Um, Triple H with the white boots, the white wrestling boots. I oh, that, is he really? They noticed that. I thought that was interesting. The white wrestling boots. He, he, he debuted him at WrestleMania 20. Um, but, um, so I gotta keep that in mind. When when Triple H wears white, he's going down. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the only time he's ever worn white. You ever notice that? Uh, totally unrelated. Finn Balor. You already know that 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 the, the uh, conclusion of the match is by his tights. If he's if he if he's Demon Balor, forget it. He's winning for sure. It's automatic. If yeah. it's, he's wearing if he's wearing blue, it could be uh, that 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 uh, he's going. He's probably going to lose. Orange, forget it. He's definitely going to lose. Burgundy Balor. He's waiting for sure. Uh, the, the Burgundy Balor, Balor and Demon Balor, it's like 100%. Blue, I mean, sometimes he loses. Don't get me wrong. It's not foolproof. But blue, he normally wins, but sometimes loses. Orange, is forget it. He's automatic loss. And, wh- and, and what do you have to back up this claim? I would say go to WWE Network. Watch <laughs> B- Finn Balor matches. Watch when he's, especially when he's Burgundy Balor and Orange Balor. That, that you'll see both sides of the spectrum. Orange Balor never wins, and Burgundy Balor never loses. Okay, interesting. Yep. Interesting. I, no- I noticed that. That's that's <laughs> that's an interesting statistic. But, you know, I've, I've come up with sillier statistics myself. Yep. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, just little things. Like, like I said, I think this was the only time Triple H wore... Uh, white boots because he was... I think he popped, but I think they actually look good. Yeah, it's not bad looking. It's not bad, I will say. I'm not, uh... I'm not the, uh... the biggest fan of them, but, you know. I don't know. Probably Billy Stephanie gave it to him or something. Yeah, who knows. But, um... I was looking forward to this match here with, with, with Benoit. Um, and oh, I must have saw Linda. I saw a referee and I see... And I and I was watching. Look like Linda McMahon. Yeah, no, no, not, <laughs> no. I just saw a, a, a second person. I'm like, is Eugene already in there? So, all right. Well, now that he's out here, let's let's, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about here. The whole, the whole, uh, you know, controversy here. You know, um, and you know the the the, the latter moments of his life uh, as he. Um, as he makes his way down to the ring with this, with the the world heavyweight title, the big gold belt strapped um, over his shoulder, um, Benoit was one of your favorites. Absolutely, as a wrestler, of course. As a wrestler, <laughs> yeah. um, what did you think about what? What was your take when you heard that that he had died in the circumstances surrounding it with well, his with his wife and his son? Well, when we first, heard, I can remember, like there's few things in this, in this world, nine eleven. I, I I was in an auditorium watching this in the, in the kindergarten watching the Space Challenger blow up. That uh that uh and one of the things was was too when like my me, my whole family big wrestling fans that uh that so, so when we heard of Chris Benoit's Chris death at first it was like CNN we thought he got murdered we're yeah. like holy shit he died of a home invasion and so so like our heart was was absolutely broken at first that was my first reaction being. Absolutely heartbroken, but one of my favorite wrestlers. The, the the terms, it's just like this is absolutely horrific stuff. But then the details came out. My my broken heart became enraged. I'm like, how could you do that? 
Yeah. Your own son to your wife? That, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, so, so within 24 hours, I went from sorrow to absolute rage. And, like, because we love him so much, it's like, how could you do that, you know? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I think it was not long after, I want to say maybe a few, like, six months to a year, um, his brain was, um, the, the, his family gave permission for uh, Chris Nowinski and the um, his uh, his concussion study experts and all the doctors to examine his brain and his his brain the brain activity um, resembled eighty percent of his brain activity resembled that of a um, of an Alzheimer's patient or a patient suffering from dementia and head trauma. All the years that he had put abuse on his body with his head. Um, you know the the, the moves. Um, do you did did your stance change when you found out that it's it, hard that that the, to to think about pretend for I know it's really horrific imagery, but just pretend you're that ten year old boy or however how old it whatever he was. I know it was ten and even below. He was, I think he was like seven or eight. Exactly. Go ahead. Imagine you're that little boy and you're watching your father choke you to death and, or. His wife, you're someone who you, who who you thought was protect you, loved you, is killing, is sucking the life out of you, and just with that that imagery. I'm sorry, I don't. I, it's hard to sympathize with, with that type of person. You know yeah. what I mean? No, uh, I, that, that, uh, I understand. That that that, uh, that that I think that's a very fair point, and but but I think he's a monster. I really do. That that that. that uh, I would go down my belief, and granted, think of the, some of the stuff that he did prior to, to that murders. He he was an adulterer. You know that's how he met woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. That 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 uh, that uh, they had some well documented problems as well, like in their relationship too. Like it was, you know, he had a restraining order. She had a restraining order against him at one point. Um, they they had some issues within their marriage, and um. You know, some domestic stuff going on. We didn't find this out till after the fact, of course. Um, but he was, um, it was well documented that, that, that things weren't the best when it came to their marriage. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, I, I feel like his death and the circumstances surrounding it are a combination of things. The head issues and the amount of abuse he put on his body. Um, and I also think, too, that there might have been, a a mental illness issue that wasn't addressed that even those closest to him never knew about. You know what I mean? Because people have talked, friends, family have said, you know, this isn't the Chris we knew. You know, the, the, the Chris we knew was a different person. He cared about people. He loved people. You know, and, you know, let's be honest here. There are folks out there that suffer from issues that hide it very well. Yeah. And hide... You know, from the close, from the ones they love the most. You know, I, whether it's siblings, parents, uh, spouses, their children. You know, they they and Benoit as a trained performer in wrestling, trained to portray a character, was able to. It's it's not out of the it's not out of the realm or out of the ordinary to think that he could have trained himself to hide the mental health issues he may have had from his family. But here's the thing. You know what I mean? Here's, a, here's, here's always my issue. Where, because I know, 
I, I, that, 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 uh, sadly enough, I know people that have passed away. And some of these people, I hate to talk ill of the dead, but some of these people were not good people. And what do you always hear in the obituaries, or you hear from them when, after their passing, and whatever, you, you go to the wake or whatever, and then I, oh, they're such good people, and a lot of stuff. And you're, and you're in your head, you're like, shenanigans. No, that person was oh, a piece of crap. Trust me, I know. That, 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 uh, that, that what I'm trying to say is, there's testimony with RVD when he wrestled for, for WCW, when he left. Chris Benoit jacking him up on the wall since 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 you're a piece of shit for leaving. I we should kick the shit out of you right now and all the bullying and all the other stuff. stuff like that. So I, yeah. I, I I there's testimony and there's evidence and I and I I, I like and I and I'll be the one. I I will the call to say it, Dave. That 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 I that uh, but if I had to form an opinion on somebody I don't know, but but my opinion on Chris Benoit that he's an absolute piece of shit. But from from from, from and you, Before and, and, and after those murders. You are 100% entitled to that opinion. I'm not yep. disagreeing with you. I'm trying to just... I'm just trying to leave all factors on the table and leave things open, it, op, like an open mind. You know, I don't excuse his behavior. I don't excuse what he did to his son, his wife. You know, if you were that miserable, then you should have fucking offed yourself and not worried about your wife and, 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 and just left your wife and your kid alone. But you... you at the same time, you also planned this. You know, this was over the course of a weekend. He missed a show and claimed that there was food poisoning. That his wife and his son had food poisoning, and he killed his wife one night and left her in a room. And then he waited to kill the son the next day. So him and his son were in the house when the when Nancy was dead. And then he, after he had killed Daniel, he drank himself into a fucking stupor and hung himself from his weight pulling machine. I get it. I am not disagreeing with your opinion. Yes, that is a piece of shit thing to do, okay? And it, it has made me think of him differently when watching these matches, okay? It really has. And like I said to you, I was torn whether I was going to even do this recording with you because he's a focal point of this show, okay? But... I'm not the WWE. I'm not the fucking WWE network, and I'm not. You know, I'm just a fan. We're both fans at the end of this, okay? And we don't. And, and we we at least recognize what takes place in wrestling history, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm not celebrating it, yeah. but I'm trying to leave an open mind with, um, with the circumstances surrounding his death and all the things that I have read and listened to and has been reported on regarding him as a human being you know we've heard the bad stories like you said yep. the, the the bullying and, and all that other stuff we've heard the strange accounts of you know how he was very um he, he kind of kept to him even though he was a nice person he kind of to, to some he kept to himself and had this weird routine and just very odd and Socially awkward, I guess you could would be the right phrase to use. Okay, that's stuff I've heard about him as well. And then you know, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, it's wrong what he did. I don't excuse it. Uh, you know, I he just he, he deserved to fucking kill himself because he committed those acts, killing his wife and his and his son. Absolutely. But I kind of wish he didn't believe it or not. The thing, at least we get a testimony, maybe why he did it. They could examine his brain. Maybe he was. Maybe he did he have mental issues the, at the he, end. He would honestly. They would have. They would have pled the insanity deal, and then they would have fucking railroaded. They would have tried to railroad Vince and the company and the industry itself because he was a wrestler and he'd taken all these you know traumatic blows to the head. And they would have tried to blame someone else instead of the person whose physical hands were around his son's throat that, and his wife's throat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Granted, even after he died. 
the media and everyone else tried to try to you know hold the WWE's feet to the fire and t- and make them responsible because he was under contract as a performer to them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he committed the murder. He committed the act. Um, now let me ask you this: You've made it clear he's a yep. piece of shit. I agree with you. Okay, I agree with what he did. Was Look, I never, obviously we never met him. We never. Yeah. Knew. I mean, this is all stuff that that we read. Yeah, read testimony. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Exactly. And I formed my opinion based on based on yeah based that on what stuff. you know. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like and, and the things that you've heard. You know what I mean? Yep. You try to get a good balance of everything, and I'm like that too as well. Yep. Okay. Never met the man. Have read stories. I've heard stories um, of of his behavior, his erratic behavior, and people probably should have seen this coming a long time ago, but there are others that are, like, baffled that he did it, okay? Like I said, I'm trying to just leave it all out there, all possibilities, you know what I mean? Because there are cases in the world where, you know, mental illness doesn't get addressed, and he may have suffered from that, and those closest to him didn't know how to help him or didn't know that he was suffering for it to help him, you know what I mean? It could be one of those cases. I'm going to go out and live here and ask you this. Because I have a friend of mine who's big into conspiracy theories. Yep. Okay? Do you think there was any way that this was some kind of cover-up? Because there's been stories that he owed a lot of money to the Russian mob. And there was something involving anabolic steroids that were included in the mob. And the the, 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 the conspiracy theory out there is that he... Him and his wife and his kid were murdered by the by the Russian mob, um, and this was and they covered it up and made it look like he did it. Um, do you think there's any you, now? Do you think there's any? Do you think there's a slight possibility of? Do you think that there's a slight possibility that you could entertain that theory? If you, I well, if you, I, looked, I, if you looked into it more, I I. I I never heard that before. Okay, that, that, that uh, that's right. the first I ever heard of this. Okay, but that type of look. Do I know about the KGB and their and their ethics and then what what they do? They try to send a message to the next person. Don't fuck with us. And they would they kill children? Absolutely. That 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 uh, that uh, would they kill your wife? Absolutely. That uh, but he, if the autopsy said he got strangled by. You, you know the equipment, right? Think of look how jacked that guy is. What you gotta be? You gotta be freaking Drago, the the, the, the strangled Chris Benoit, man. I that that uh, I I'm gonna myself. I just based on the autopsy of strangulation, I'm gonna say shenanigans. If he got okay. shot in the head, if the autopsy showed that he got shot in the head, different story. He got stabbed, whatever. Absolutely. Okay. But 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 his. This autopsy has showed that it was strangulation. You know what I you know what I think too. I also call bullshit on when it comes to that theory is the fact that he, um, you know, all the text message he was sending guys over the course of that twenty four hour period, where like he texted, I think like Chavo Guerrero, like um, the side doors open into the garage, the house is unlocked, um, you know, watch out for the dogs, kind of thing. And Chavo didn't really think anything of it. And then some of the other guys, like, you know, one person, like, got his address or something. And and um, <clears throat> I think it was, like, Scott Armstrong had, had gotten his address and had, t- you know, in a text message. And other guys had, 
like weird subliminal messages. Be careful of the dogs by the pool, stuff like that. So like, I feel like that, those, those stories of these guys getting these text messages over the course of those couple of days, kind of, kind of, you know, uh, reflects the, the theory of there wasn't something right up there with him. You know what I mean? Like, there was a there was a, there was a mental issue yeah. up there and a, a mental health issue that wasn't addressed, you know, and that he was like in a way almost crying for help, like he like he couldn't couldn't. Still a piece of shit. Let me get don't get me. I'm yeah. not making excuses. Still a piece of shit for what he did, but he couldn't control what he did to his wife and his kid, and therefore he was going over the edge and he was making very weird and rash decisions. Um with his behavior and the text messages was almost like a cry for help, but like he was too embarrassed and ashamed to like, to, to face the music. So he like committed suicide, but he wanted to be found. He wanted his kids to be found and, you know, his kid and his wife to be found. And so, you know, I, I don't really buy the whole Russian mob theory with him. I just never heard that before. Yeah. I heard that a couple of times, um, that he might've owed some money to the Russian mob for, um, for uh, uh, anabolic steroids. And they found a lot of drugs in his home, too. A lot of steroids. But, uh, how um, much? We're talking, what, uh, maybe a couple hundred? More, 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 than, more than what one person would normally take. Let's well, just put it well, that way. Well, let's just say. Like, distribution levels they found. Like, it was like... It became, like in the millions? What, for the steroids? Yeah. The drug... I don't know how much they found, but they found enough where it was... Uh, where, where the feds considered it um, uh, intent to distribute. Oh, that's a lot, you know. That's a lot, right? Well, there. actually, it was weird. Okay, so it's a, so it's a, a little off track, but 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 uh, but still, the point where of like trafficking and stuff like that. I had a buddy. I went to the party. That 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 that. that, that uh, you're that, not that, about to tell a story of someone committing a crime on here, are you? Uh, that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that you know of? Maybe, well, maybe I'll squash the story. That, 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 no, that, no, no, no. I'm just messing with you. Oh, I got you, got you. No, no, no. I thought you were serious at first. Four people listening. No, no, no. They would be anonymous, but by a dear, very dear friend that, 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 that uh, in the, uh, he lives, uh, that we're in Boston. We're on a party, right? Yeah. That, 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 so he goes, oh, dude, I'm going to score some pot, right? That, 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 uh, oh, okay, it's pot. Cause, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Well, that, that, some, that, uh, some, of, some of these states, it's legal now. That, 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 Connecticut's trying to pass a so law. He got, so he got, he got an... Silly uh, me. <laughs> so he got um, two uh, fourths, which is essentially a half an ounce, right? That, 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 uh, so he got a half an ounce. For all you future drug dealers yep. out there, <laughs> follow the math. That, 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 so, <laughs> so he got half an ounce of weed, right? The motherfucker that, 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 that speeds or whatever gets pulled over for that. Then they saw the marijuana. Half an ounce got 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 him busted for trafficking, and I'm serious about that. That 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 that, 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 that so so some of the verbiage when you hear stuff like that, especially with drugs, can be very skewed. That that, that when you hear uh, attention uh, like a tent to uh, the strip, the strip. What exactly does that mean? Well, they also found they they also found not just not just the amount um, of drugs and uh, of anabolic steroids in his house, but the fact that like. They, they're not all of those steroids were prescribed to him. They were, you know, illegal prescriptions. So he, he had a doctor given him, given him shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with, without his name on it, you know, and even the amount that he had that was prescribed to him by, by the ethics code amongst the doctor, you're not supposed to pres- prescribe that amount. So maybe you don't know this information. Did any any, any anything happen to the doctor? The legal system. I think was? the doc. I think the doctor did lose his license, and he might have. Um, he 
He might have spent some time in jail. I don't remember, but I know yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the doctor lost his medical license. That was revoked. I don't know if there was any charges pressed against him, um, but I would imagine there was. You know, like, when it when it comes to distributing that amount of illegal, um, I- illegal, pre- illegal you know, prescription drugs. Um, if you if you owed like the, the mob millions and millions of dollars, right? I can understand that's going to be your outcome, right? But that to be that. Uh, that a uh, person that was in the limelight, in the limelight like like Chris Benoit, you're gonna kill him for ten grand, twenty grand. Who knows how much he owed? You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. You don't really know, and we don't know what his finances were. But like I said, that's a theory that's been thrown out there that I've heard a few times. But like I said, I support the theory that he had a mental illness that, you know, yep. th- that that nobody really knew about. And, the, and, and he obviously had before. marriage issues. I think it's good common sense. Is it's a common issue of a few things. Nancy said a few short words to him probably, threw him over the edge, and probably didn't mean to kill her, but did. And he's like, holy shit. Now my son's without his parents. And he probably said, the best of two evils is me to kill him instead of having going to the foster homes or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. And he had two other kids with another woman from a previous marriage, from his first marriage. Yeah. Um, one of his kids is named David Benoit. As a matter of fact, he's been training to be a wrestler. Um, he obviously, he's been, he's been backstage at a few WWE shows. I've seen pictures yeah. like Natalia and Jericho and those guys, like they would take pictures with them and bring them backstage to a show if they were in the Canadian, if, if yeah. they were, you know, in the, in the area in Canada. Um, I just saw a picture of him recently. I forget who he took the picture with, but he was wearing a, um, an, a- an AEW shirt. So it would not surprise me if, you know, if this kid's still training. And He's I got to that last name, though. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he was making a run to 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 get in the business and AEW gave him a shot because I, WWE won't touch him with a ten foot pole. Uh, Even if know. he changed his name, people are gonna people are gonna know it's Chris Benoit's kid. I guess good. You point know what too. I mean? With pictures and everything, you got Google and, and all kind. You know, you search yeah. his, search the kid's name. You it's know what unfair. Look like it's unfair. It's unfair but, to him. But you know but but I, mean? but he, I think I think it's it's I think. If I was his mom or whoever, a loved one, a, 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 a brother, yep. I'd be like, dude, he can't wrestle. Yeah. He can't but wrestle. But you know what, though? If that's what he loves and that's what he grew up on, like, how are you going to stop him? You know, don't let... Honestly, I, I would, I would, you know, commend him for, for giving it a try, even with the, the affiliation of, you know, his, his murderous father. Like, I would. You know why? Because you're going after your dreams and you're not letting someone tell you no because it's something that your father did. Don't let your father's actions... Fuck your future. I guess you're. I guess you know what I mean. I guess if he changes born. his name, okay. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like I, that's fine. Like you know, people are still gonna know him as as as, as David Benoit. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, don't let what your father did stop your dreams and stop you from you know making making a life for yourself. You know what I mean? Because that's not fair to him. You know. Yeah. And, and and so I don't know if he's still training. I've heard he was training, and I heard that he was a. Um, I would very. I would he, was, he, was at, he was at a w, He was at a few WWE shows in the last few years backstage, but like they won't touch him with a ten. If I was ball. him and the promotion, I would tread lightly on that one. I, really I, I think AEW would give him a shot because I think there's been enough time. It's removed, been over ten years removed from this situation. Wait, 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 what, to, did, what did it has? Year? What, what, June what? of uh, two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, I heard it on the radio in the car. When it happened, I didn't even. I, I was in the car. I was in the car driving. I was working at the time for um, a buddy of mine. He had a, um, a, a a 
power washing business, power washing homes. And uh, we had a work truck, and we had the radio on, and we were listening to WCCC 106.9. Yep. And it oh, was, I missed them so much. I know, a great radio station. Um, and they used to promote WWE like like bullshit crazy. They were used yeah. to give away tickets to all the shows. They probably gave away tickets to this one too here that we're watching right now. Um, but uh, they um, Pacozzi in the afternoon. Yeah, Pacozzi. And they announced that they, there's some breaking news. Uh, WWE wrestler Chris Benoit has been found dead um, along with his wife and his son. And we were like, I'm in the car. I'm like, holy shit. And then my yeah. phone blew up with all my friends that watch wrestling or knew that I watched wrestling. Uh, like, blew my phone up. The, the girl I was dating at the time, she texted me. She was like, a wrestler died. And then literally after she texted me, her dad had my number. And he texted me. And he used to watch wrestling. And he was like, what the hell happened? Benoit, Benoit died? And then, like, it became more and more, you know, as, as the story developed, things had changed. Um, people's feelings on the situation, but yeah. you know, to kind of put a bow on it, you know, y- your opinion is, of course, your opinion anytime with any subject is always respected by me, Dennis. But um, in this situation, you know, I don't blame you for feeling the way you do. Um, I, I more or less along the lines feel the same way. However, I don't rule out the other possibilities, with the exception of the Russian mob. Angle. Look, look, the the, uh, the the head trauma stuff. It, that that I, it, that uh, it's it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic, but it's the stuff leading up to uh, leading up to that day, where there's so much testimony of his him just not having good character, like like yeah, there's stories. And yeah. I think and I think at the end of the day too, we loved him so much as a wrestler that we were trying to we're trying to latch on for an excuse to You're be like to rationalize exactly. Behavior, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I understand. There's no rationalizing murder. Yeah, you know there isn't. I don't, I don't know. A ten-year-old, or whatever it was, a young kid, a yeah. young, a young boy, died, and, and, and a woman that 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 that, that, that uh, a young and, and a, a, a young, mother, a mother, mother, a young, yeah, and a yeah. young kid got got killed. You know they, you know what they say. You know the the, the ones that love you most know how to push your buttons. Yeah, that's true. And, huh? You know. I'm sure, like you said, she probably said something to him that oh, I bet triggered you. him. And like you said, they, and... their their marriage was rocky at best, yeah. and everyone and, and, and there's and there's legal there's legal documentation of that, and there's obviously testimony upon testimony. If you want to listen to a good interview regarding the 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 Benoit situation? Um, Jericho did a podcast with Nancy Sullivan's sister. Yes, I, 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 I have you listened I, to it before? It's, it's incredible. Yeah, she had some great stories to tell, and yeah. you know what? Bless her heart. She didn't forgive Chris, yeah. but she still spoke very fondly yeah, of, of him in that podcast, I, even though it, you know, the evidence shows that he murdered her sister. Yeah, I just know? remember the one, the one that took me out. It was a very sweet story about how much he liked cheesecake. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, 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 uh, or he would make CDs for her. Yeah. You know, like he would make, like, mix CDs for her and, um, you know, the, um, the stories that she told about how uh, Nancy and and the fling that they had, which eventually led to their marriage, um, yeah, it was um, it was very tragic, you know. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I, I felt with this, like if we're gonna show Chris Benoit, let's let's dive into the issue. And you know, you brought some great points here, and I don't want to, you know, end this podcast on a downer. No, um, but you know, this this is the we're at the closing moments of this match here. 
with um, Eugene now making his way down the room. We kind of talked over this match. It's been a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are watching and listening, um, you know, a, a Triple H and Benoit, you know, put on a hell of a match in 2004. And the story with, you know, Triple H trying to manipulate Eugene to help him win the world title has been a, um, a, a pretty interesting story, to say the least. But, um... So, so I was talking, I totally missed it. I, what happened to the ref? Or just a, a ref bump? Yeah, yeah, a quick ref bump. He's, uh, okay. he, he's not around. Um, but, you know, he'll be back shortly. But, yeah, Eugene is, like, you know, torn here. As he, you know, he wants to help Triple H, but at the same time he wants to do the right thing. Um, you know, because he also admires and respects Chris Benoit. Um, you know, it's a common case of, uh, you know, um, you know, someone just, you know, very, being very indecisive and, and, and torn. You know, Hunter tapping. Yeah. And now he's going to make his way into the ring here. And this was probably like the peak of the Eugene character. Um, oh, hey now. It's like the one. What the heck? How are you going to hit Eugene? I know. You know? But, you know, it's, he's like, I told you to go away. I told you to stay away. It's not, you know, you don't have to get involved. Yeah. He's, you know, even Benoit, All right. even Benoit felt bad. Try to be unbiased, knowing, not, knowing the, uh, not knowing the outcome. But when you try to go back in 2004. Yep. At this moment, did you think ben, uh, Triple H was winning the title? Nope. No, I did not. I did not. I, uh. I, I, I believed I believed that you know I honestly believed once Benoit. All right, let me circle back here. Benoit winning the title at WrestleMania 20. It was a great moment. The whole hug with Eddie Guerrero. I was yeah. excited for it. However, I was optimistic that it was going to last very long after that. I thought a month, two months at best. Okay. He then wins the match, the rematch, with Triple H and Shawn Michaels at Backlash the next month in April of 2004. Um, And when he he won twice and beat those two, I was like, okay, they're serious about him as the champ. Okay, I get it. WrestleMania, you get the moment, you know, at the end. Could always drop it back, but you'll never forget that moment at WrestleMania. When they beat him, when he beat them again in the second match, I was like, they're not they're not dropping the belt off him anytime soon. I didn't think that they were gonna drop and, and that's why I didn't think that um Hunter was winning this. Okay. I thought at the very least he was losing it in the fall. And uh, that's like why September, I, October. That's why I find it so shocking a lot. Oh it's a SummerSlam. See, Eugene Torn doesn't want to help his hero, Triple H. Oh, pie face by the game to Eugene here. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, nice clothesline by Ben. That was a good clothesline. He's got the chair. Is he going to use it? Who knows? Eugene China. Is that a oh? That's a Eugene poster. Oh, it's in the front. I thought it was a Bruiser Brody drawing. It, it's more yeah. That looks that looks that looks more like Bruiser Brody. We were talking Ladies about him earlier. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Oh. Slick Rick. Oh jeez, he hit him straight in the face with a chair. Batista takes it right in the face. No Randy Orton. 
He's still licking his wounds from uh, yep. from losing earlier to to Edge for the Intercontinental Championship. But yeah, what about you? Two thousand four. Go back. Did you think Hunter was winning this, or did you think Benoit was keeping it? After that spot, I I thought Triple H was winning. I thought those whole match uh, Benoit was going to win, but I'm like, holy crap! Oh, low blow. When, when he hit Eugene and then he hit the pedigree, I thought I thought because he was he like a general manager or something. I thought he was going to do the pin and then have Triple he H. He did win. the GM gimmick just for a night. Bischoff was the GM. Oh, I gotcha. But like, and he played Eric Bischoff's nephew in the story. That's right. Too. That's right. So. Um, Eugene, is he going to hit him? Is he going to hit him? Nah, no. No, he's not. He can't do it. But he's thinking about hitting Hunter. And look, the crowd's into it. They want to yeah. see him hit Triple H. That's how good of a bad guy Triple H was, I will say. But people like, but people like Benoit, though. Well, yeah, people did like Benoit. Yeah. They weren't over the moon for him, but yeah. you know they liked him. They respected his 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 ability in the ring. Um, oh, this is this is right here. This it's coming up right here. They're both fighting over the chair, and then he's gonna yank back a little tug of war, and then one, two, three, boom! boom. Oops! The noodles. Uh oh. Yep. Oh, Get chair, rid of the chair. Oh, that chair shot got him a SummerSlam paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and we talked about um briefly uh you know um in the in the, the last watch party you and I did for Spring Stampede, Regal. He you know, he was paired with Regal and Regal was so hateable as a as a bad guy. When they paired him up with, with Eugene, people People got behind Regal yeah. as a good guy, even though it was short lived. They got behind him. Um, one of my favorite. Uh, one, two, three, and your winner of this match, the Crippler Chris Benoit, still the world heavyweight champion. Crowd pretty into it, as uh, Eugene is not not happy. Nope, he'll get his comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah, this this set up SummerSlam here between him and Hunter. And I want to say it's shortly after SummerSlam he turned heel. You gotta look it up. It's Eugene, funny. it was really funny. It was it was the death sentence of his character, but it was funny. It was kind of like you only cheered for me because I'm mentally disabled. And really, yeah, it was I crazy. don't remember that. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Wear black. He was wearing black trunks, of course. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, did he ever go to TNA? Eugene? See, I was so hot and cold with TNA. I was either all in or all out, yeah. you know, depending on the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. But, um... Yeah, I honestly thought these two were... Gonna, I mean, I had a feeling they were going to go Hunter and Eugene, but I thought for some reason that maybe they were going to do Hunter, Eugene, and Benoit... For the title at SummerSlam. That would be good. I thought that that was the direction they were going to kind of go in. Uh, because Hunter got screwed and Eugene was so loosely involved in this storyline. But they went a different course and they, they put Benoit up with... you got to um, figure, at least for a half a second, Vince thought about Eugene with the title. I'm sure he did. I'm sure that was discussed. Absolutely. Because um, he, was, he was popular. 
You know what I mean? And to have that storybook moment of someone with a disability winning the championship, yeah. like, you kidding me? That's like a that's a that's a total PR stunt right there that they would have been all over. But yeah. at the same time, I think that they realized, you know, they couldn't, uh, you know, they they couldn't uh, go that route because it would be too obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Eugene's not, you know, not in the good graces of Triple H. Yeah. It was, uh, and then the setup, you know, to get them to SummerSlam with yeah. this, and then the next night they beat him up, and um, it was some pretty good stuff. I didn't care for the match. I certainly didn't care for the match. But, yeah, um, I never really cared for the Eugene character until those final moments they turned heel. Yeah, I wish I wish I was able to uh, able to see that as we uh, we end this watch party here. On uh, kicking out it too. Once again, man, this has been fun. Absolutely, um, Dave. I'm glad. That we, I'm glad that we got to dive in a little bit to the um, yeah the, the Chris Benoit controversy. Yeah, I, and I hope the uh, the kicking out it too community comments on comments and like I want to know their 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 uh, I want to know their opinions on the uh, yeah, subject. Yeah, you know, by all yeah. means, you guys uh, hit us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash kicking out it too. Um, we can uh, we can discuss and dissect, if you will, your thoughts on the Chris Benoit situation. I don't think it's something that you know needs to be kept and swept under the rug, um, you know. But you know, hopefully, we, there's there's those of you out there that can speak on it in a mature manner and not take it overboard. Otherwise, I'll I'll, t- I'll take the post down. So if some of you can't handle it, um, you know, I'll, I'll take the post down and we won't talk about it. But if you guys have your thoughts on the situation, by all means. You know, it's nothing's off the table over on our social media as well as our Twitter too. Our handle is at Kicking Out Two, K I C K N O U T, and the number two. Uh, next week we got a. Um, next week we're, we're we got an interesting show. Next week, um, next week we're reaching the, um, the 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 twenty year anniversary of the passing of Owen Hart, and so next week we're gonna talk about some of our favorite memories of Owen Hart. We're gonna try and keep it very lighthearted. Um, and talk about the things that you know we remember growing up watching um, Owen Hart do in wrestling, um, from you know his classic rivalry with his brother Brett, the Hart Foundation stable, um, his se- several runs in tag teams, the Blue Blazer character. Uh, we're, we're, it's going to be a it's going to be a very lighthearted, positive experience as we discuss the life and 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 times and our memories of the late great Owen Hart. Stu- Excuse me. Stay tuned next week for that. And uh, with that being said, I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count. And we'll see you all next week.